this is torture for me. Please let make it stop everyone. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> I've put us on the start screen so I can quickly just go into my Discord. Be like, hey, everyone. In fact, I'm going to at everyone because I get to do that. It's a rare privilege of owning the Discord. Um, Excellent. And I get to at everyone in a different Discord. But that's not one I own. That's uh, That's the Ale Discord. Oh, there we go. Right. Uh, just refresh this page so that I can actually check stuff. Because everyone's going to throw in a bunch of, like, banned terms tonight, I can tell. Yeah, because well, of my malign influence. Yeah, and also because I mistakenly called the Fo Minister of Foreign Affairs of, um, of Albania a MILF today. Uh, oh, mix, right. mi on mixed stream, it's not not what well, I was on mixed stream. I was in the well, chat, and I was like, "She is, she is it? quite hot." Yeah, which <laughs> was eating pigs. Was she catfishing? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm gonna switch this to the screen <laughs> so I can explain. Yes. Uh, oh, Tau Alpha dropping the uh, dropping the subscription. Thank you. 18 months of subscription. Jesus. But yeah, uh, ban terms, ban this filth. Um, there was nothing yeah. mistaken about it. The mistake was me thinking it, to be honest. I also said in my Discord that she should DM me. So, really, but it's really been a. It was a slow day at work, everyone. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was a slow day at work. I have only just managed to get. But like, but a, it, a fast day in uh, British Albanian relations. That, yeah, well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> emphasis on relations yeah. am i right am this is going right? to be this is going to be a strong opener opening bit for the um for the soundcloud upload of this where i'm going to get banned <laughs> um nah yeah nah you can't you know you ain't going to get banned off soundcloud nah, not, gonna not for milf fine. discourse they'll, they'll tolerate any old shit the only shit they've ever fucked us over before is sample unlicensed samples of kanye west and the twin peaks soundtrack <laughs> oh, that's that's a really funny combination um yeah not together it was on separate occasions yeah. Um, <laughs> is this book about Luke Nukehurst's constant complexion? No, actually, I don't think he's mentioned once. I think by he might name. be mentioned once or twice. Maybe. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe I'm just thinking of the list of all the weird right wing Gentiles who've had trees planted for them in Israel. <laughs> oh, God. And Mike Gapes didn't get one. He didn't, um, well, unless he's one of the anonymous allies who, who who didn't want to be named, you know. It's that thing, like, in that episode of uh, Curb where Ted Danson donates all this money to charity uh, anonymously, but, like, obviously lets everyone know that it was him surreptitiously, so he gets yeah. all the cred. <laughs> and he yeah. gets even more cred for doing it anonymously. I think that's what Gates is doing. Yeah, so everyone, just remember, you can ask questions. I just turned on the right one. Uh, for 50 Golden Tonties, you can ask questions. Like, Sam, why do you look so good? I, yeah, this is just what I look like at work, to be honest. Because um, we don't yeah. usually have cameras on, but we, uh, yeah. Um, so, we we uh, we both pretty, I think we read this book. Both, I read this book uh, during, only only during my breaks, and not uh, not at all during my work hours, no, sir. Uh, one hundred percent Turkish IT guy looks really funny because one of my colleagues is also Turkish and does also look vaguely like this. Um, this big tree donated by anonymous donor. That's right, um, and it's not the big tree that me we've been writing. Um, unfortunately, because that is going to become a nightmare in the next. Um... Yeah, I'll try was... the next. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will DM the group chat that we have for that. Um, 
There was an incredible tantrum about this book from James Kirkup on the Unmissable Cow site. I'm sure there was. Yeah, because... More like James fuck up. More like James <laughs> shut the fuck up. There you right. go. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Right. Um, <laughs> More like James c- cunt. Up. So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you all. My notes for this are mostly look at this cunt. Like that is what most of my notes were. So I was just like, I'm not going to write detailed notes on this because it kind of speaks for, a, for itself in parts. Yeah. Um, it's easier for us to relay the words of the man to you. Yeah. But the first like half of this is straight up just biographical. I like biographies. I won't lie. I like reading biographies. Um, and there were a couple of colorful moments of color in there that were quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, he talks about smoking weed and yeah. experimenting with other drugs. He quotes Bob Dylan. Uh, sadly, it's a pretty basic bitch reference to uh, the times they are a changing. I was hoping he'd be like, as he says in my favorite song, uh, "Ain't gonna go to hell for anybody." <laughs> but um, no, it was pretty cool. He talks about the Beatles, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's a, he's a scouser of a certain age. Uh, I, you know, I I got no problem with that. Look, I yeah. I, I love the Beatles. I love the scousers. So. I'm not not knocking him, but it, you know it's what you'd expect. Um, yeah. He talks about his political upbringing, uh, and because I've literally just uh, skim read all these chapters, so I can kind of tell you exactly what's in them. But like, uh, yeah, he he talks about setting up a Che Guevara Appreciation Society with one of his friends. Uh, his solid his solidarity with international causes, including in, including Cuba, including opposing the Pinochet regime in Chile, um, uh, and uh, you know, about his opposition to anti-Semitism. Very early on in the book, he mentions that uh, from the age of twelve, uh, his father showed him uh, a history picture book, I guess, uh, about the concentration camps. Uh, and so he's been militantly opposed to anti-Semitism since the age of twelve. Um, mm. Oh, you've, you've, before that, you've got a little intro, haven't you, where he kind of addresses some of the key themes of the book. Yeah, example, there's a short introduction at the very beginning. Yeah, uh, Keir Starmer, duplicitous, Tom Watson, no longer his friend. Yeah, and that will <laughs> come. By the way, he refers to him in those terms, like you know, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time, so my friend. Like, like there's so many mentions of like Tom Watson, with whom I was friends at the time. Yeah, like, like... Tom Watson, then my friend. <laughs> it's it's incredible, and like some of the ways he refers to people are brilliant. Exactly what you'd expect, like. Um, <laughs> I think Chris Leslie is mentioned precisely once, and he's a fucking no- nobody in oh, it. Like, yeah, doesn't he give some really like fucking stupid advice to? Yeah, like, it, that's <laughs> that's in the Ed Miliband section. So basically, for us, there's the biographical section, which is interesting. I would say you should read it. I like biographies, so you know, whatever. That's yeah. That was that was much. That was something I enjoyed reading. But the the politics section. The, let's be honest. The reason we're here. The politics section oh. broadly into three sections you've got the ed miliband section which is insightful in its own way because it confirms everything i thought about ed miliband being a sort of spineless coward yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. then there's the corbin section which is going to make us all grind our teeth with rage because like they're nuts like, very frustrating reliving it all again yeah like but this is like the the, the third or fourth <laughs> like, time I've done this on this podcast. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah, so like we keep doing it to ourselves. And then there's the Keir yeah. Starmer section, which 
much like Ed Miliband confirms what I think about Keir Starmer. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. A cunt. Yeah. And he doesn't quite say that in the book, to be fair. I, I say that. He said, yeah, Jack says that. I would also probably say it, to be fair. Also, I will remind people that if you follow, you get all these follower-only emotes that I've got now, including the Golden Corbin. Yeah, and if you subscribe to Real Politic on Patreon, uh, then um, um, you get a lot of like free episodes and uh, like restructured. Uh, versions of classic rock albums of should have been classic rock albums but also free episodes which people actually want to hear so well they're not free you have to pay for them that's kind of what i'm saying yeah i'm not a very good salesman you know i i um uh i am i'm a subscriber i am a subscriber of real politic let me tell you it's really good um there you go i've lit because i've literally driven away three people just trying to just trying to promote my work (laughs) oh yeah and there's a communism button as well and there's also a paul mason dressed as chun lee emote now so that's that's good um enjoy that's god i still i hate anything that reminds me of that book it is the worst shit that has ever happened i'm just getting yeah yeah, that's it. Book. Yeah, the sex book. Um, unfortunately for everyone. Um, in fact, I've just amended my guest function, so now I can simply do guest, and you can find real politic there. There you go, Wonderful. everyone. Wonderful. At their Patreon, I'm I'm linking direct to their Patreon because yes, uh, they are yes. good comrades and they deserve support. You know who else is a good comrade? Me, and I also yeah. have a Patreon. Exactly. Um, so you know. <laughs> And you get to join my Discord. We're having a movie night soon. Probably this Monday, by the looks of it. We're going to watch Heavy Metal, which is a oh, fantastic film. film. With... I've seen the South Park episode. There. Yeah, we were, we were talking about South Park episodes before we went live. Um, yeah, there's one where like Kenny is like fantasizing about yeah, he's with big tits. So high he's, on no, cat he... piss. And he, yes, yeah. that's it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Planet of the Boobs. Yeah, they fight in the Brestuary on Nepopolis. It's a whole, it's a whole. And to be fair, the actual film is not far off that being the case. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> the original animated version of Heavy Metal. Well, if I find that, um, but yeah, not the South Park version. We're not going to watch a South Park episode, to be honest with you. All. Um, I, I left that a long time ago. Um, I, I haven't. I was watching South Park last night. That's us cancelled. Um, yeah, there is a section in the biography about militant. Um, yeah, sorry. that was good. I, 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 I'll be honest. So, like, like Sinan was saying, you know, like, we're, we're mostly the later chapters are of relevance to us, really. But um, although, as with most biographies, I kind of skimmed through the early, um, the early stuff about his, um, his growing up and so forth. Um, I went straight to the chapter about the militant tendency. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, right now we're in my comfort zone." <laughs> I actually, I actually loved all the stuff in the next chapter, betrayal, which was about um, basically like largely about his strained relationship with the trade union leader Bill Morris, yeah, who was, uh, the leader of of the T and G uh, Transport and General Workers Union, which was the union McCluskey was. A senior official in that went yeah. on to merge with Amicus, creating Unite. Uh, and and Bill Bill Morris was the first black union leader in Britain. And 
was the candidate of the left initially, but um, I suppose McCluskey viewed him as essentially a Kinnock type figure who came to power backed by sections of the left and then used his uh, his his might to kind of continually oppose it and oppose the hmm. interest of workers. Interesting. So, I wonder how how often. I wonder if that happens again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose just, there's a more contemporary example. Who knows? Who knows if yeah. that ever happens again in history? <laughs> who could say? None of us could possibly say. Um, yeah, yeah. But this is a man who knows and recognizes betrayal. Yeah, like it's a few times. <laughs> he, he has some. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah. also, we get to hear about the last text Tom Watson ever sent him, which I yeah, have to so, say, so weird. Tom Watson is such a fucking freak. He's like, a weird honestly. guy, man. He's such, such a weird dude. Like from my interactions with him on Twitter and stuff like that, is exactly what he seems like. Just, he just thinks he's so fucking witty, but he just comes across like. Does it? Anyway, anyway, maybe we'll come to it when we. Uh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure he's attempted to horny post on Maine before, and it's gone yeah, really yeah. badly. So, um... oh yeah, well that's the other thing actually. To do some research while I was out, fun in a big one. I was listening to some vintage New Statesman podcasts. Brilliant. And I have to say, my God, Stephen Bush and Helen Lewis are both fucking annoying, and together they like amplify all the most annoying characteristics of one another it's uh, oh my god what an unbearable fucking show i can't believe i used to listen to it um they did have george eaton on one episode talking about an interview that len references in this book uh he did in 2013 where mm -hmm. he uh named names of blairite shadow ministers who he wanted Miliband to sack yeah um, and and yeah, it was just it was just funny to hear hear uh, the the calm professionalism of George Eaton, uh, you know, recounting accurately what had happened in that uh, that interview while Helen Lewis and Stephen Bush editorialized and spun their stupid spin about what what is and isn't politically righteous and or expedient. Yeah. Um, also, Helen Lewis, formerly of Watch Dogs Legions. That's right. Um, yeah. Cancelled. Um, got cancelled real good. Can I shock you? I'm suddenly in favour of cancel culture. Um, this, if it happens to people I don't like, it's good, and I'm comfortable saying that. Um, a very uh, since I've taken such a start of this turn lately, um, they should have replaced the Helen Lewis podcast on Watch Dogs with Cuntown. Oh no, can we not do podcast this? I, I have a podcaster on. I'm already doing enough discourse as it is. Um, but yeah, basically the first part of the book is just this biographical bit that goes up to, basically right up to 2010-ish. I think it just goes right up to then. And then part two is, uh, is called From Falkirk to Finsbury Park, which is just these 12 chapters on what a fucking nightmare the fucking Labour Party is, basically. I love this bit. I love kind of like uh, reading critiques from Miliband, uh, of Miliband from the left, because yeah. like, it's like the period that I, you know, that, that, that my interest in politics like started to gradually coalesce into an understanding. And um, like, so I... Uh, it's good seeing my own, at the time, frustrations in New Labour. At the t well, in what was still to me too close to New Labour, 
um uh that at the time i didn't feel like anyone was representing knowing that actually <laughs> there were people back then as indeed has been apparent uh since the advent of of corbynism uh who did agree who did see what was going on um and thought it was fucking ridiculous too also jack i've just seen your quote tweet of the tweet <laughs> A controversy yeah. with an Albanian politician, Jesus Christ. Senior Albanian Yeah, politician. very senior. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, moving swiftly on, I couldn't help but poke at the scab one last time. Um, <laughs> a lot of poking at scabs in this. Yeah, um, I do like the title of chapter 11, which is just dealing with Miliband, because God does he have to <laughs> fucking deal with Miliband. Mm. Like... Um... Not really, not really in the way that at the time though it was portrayed. Like on that New Statesman podcast I listened to, Bush and Lewis were shitting themselves about the idea that um, it would be terrible, be very politically damaging for Ed Miliband uh, if if Len McCluskey was seen to be pulling the strings of, of his operation. And it's just like looking back, thinking about just how laughably uh, Blairite in orientation. Ed Miliband's um, overall project was, and just thinking, like, would it? Would it have been so damaging if um, he decided to get rid of these people who uh, were, were preventing the party from moving forward? Um, you know, like, yeah, like, was it so good for him to shut out the trade unions? I mean, arguably, he'd already decided to because we're in the first section and he's talking about his like first speech as leader. And you know, he starts off all right, he's like, he he tell he rebukes the Blair and Brown governments, you know, yeah, like, fair play. I would, I would rebuke them too. And you know, uh, he opposes the, he says that the Iraq war was wrong, great. Right up, right there with with him. But then he's like, he talks about irresponsible strikes, and it's like, fuck off, just fuck yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Len says in that sec- section that uh, every sop to the left that Miliband uh, made was balanced out by one uh, to the right. For mm-hmm. example, um, though he criticised the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War was unimpeachable. You know, yeah, yeah that was what a disaster that has been, especially in retrospect. I mean, in retrospect now, like, wow, was the Afghanistan war a fucking disaster. Um, but at the time, it was kind of like, well, we have to pick one. There's only enough political we... capital to Ooh. oppose one strand of the war on terror. Yeah, <laughs> we could only oppose the even more obvious disaster. Um, in uh, Right. But then there's... Um, apparently, Len McCluskey yells out, rubbish... Um, <laughs> at the at the irresponsible strike bit, and ends up leading the news, which is great. Um, yeah, 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 and and I mean, um, yeah, I can see how he might have regretted that, but uh, yeah, what a load of rubbish, honestly. Like the, the you know, Britain for the last couple of decades has had like some of the most restrictive anti-trade union laws in the world. Um, so just talking about irresponsible strikes, I mean, like Len says in the book, like, who's going on striking for any reason other than they, uh, they need to. But, but secondly, like, who, you know, who's going on strike at all? <laughs> like, there are yeah, some like, strikes. 
Britain, yeah, but they're, you know, we've, we've got to be a pretty uh, uh, waning country in terms of industrial militancy the last uh, few sure. decades. Sure. We, we we literally have the most repressive trade union rules in Europe. Well, within EU plus us, definitely the most restrictive ones, I think, which is impressive given some of the countries that are in there. Um, also, the line, Ed Miliband is a decent man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, Len got it wrong. Not a decent man. Bad guy. Ed Miliband, bad guy. Loser. Born out by the book. In fact, um, loser and a bad guy. I'm not afraid to call it out like that. Speaking of losers and bad guys, someone in the comments has just mentioned that Ed Miliband's godson, Harry Lambert, is now a special correspondent for the New Statesman. Uh, I have to say, that guy is a fucking prick. Like, I don't, I don't know him or anything. I recognise but... the name. I feel like they're a dickhead. I don't know him. He's the guy who he writes, like, anti-trans rights articles for them now. You'd you'd have to narrow it down in a new statesman, I think. But yeah, okay, I've got... got, They really did. I'm not trying to, like, big them up or anything, but I think they realised that that was reputationally damaging them, and they stopped when Helen Lewis left. Like, Glosswitch and Sarah Dittum and stuff didn't as readily get column space from a new statesman but now this cunt this harry lambert guy who as he's... far as i can see he's like a kind of houston manifesto slash um the left are abandoning the labor heartlands by being too woke kind of guy ah and right he, and he's gone super in on uh like supporting uh kathleen stock and stuff you know uh he's really been hammering that home yeah such a um what a prick. Yeah. Like, where do they... Happy to say he's a prick. Where do I find these people? Well, like, probably at, like, a fucking garden party at Ed Miliband's house or something, you know? Where, like, yeah, where do they find these people? In their family tree, usually, is where they... Yeah, uh, they yeah, pick, yeah. They well, pluck they, them right off the family tree, usually. Yeah, um, his mother is Jenny Russell. They, the there time. you go. Yeah, there you go. Right off, pluck them right off the family tree. The British, uh, British journalist factory, uh, a.k.a. about 20 families... Gee, weird. It's weird how we have how we let these people just dictate the discourse in this way. Oh, I wonder if this is why they seem like an out of touch elite. Anyway, um, but yeah, basically the the core of his of um, Len's gripe early on is um, that Miliband didn't really get that to do some of the things that he said he wanted, he had to actually challenge the status quo. But, like, early on, and some of us will remember, early on, Ed Miliband did go to anti-austerity things and did talk in those terms. He went, he went to one. He went to an anti-austerity an thing. An anti-austerity thing. And, it's, and, by the way, going to an anti-austerity thing coincided with his highest poll ratings. Yeah, who's yeah. To, who's to say why that happened? I can't possibly correlate in, you know, why these things might have happened. I can't. Yeah. can't po- and then he ended up being anti- He ended up being pro-austerity with Ed Balls, and then he got his ass mm. kicked. I don't know. I can't. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you why these things happen. Everyone. I yeah. I think Len can tell you. Based well, on, he, um... he talks about going to meet Ed Balls and uh, oh, having a that, the conversation you alluded to earlier with Balls is then chief secretary to the shadow chief secretary to the treasury, Chris Leslie, friend of the stream, <laughs> Chris Leslie, um, star Chris of some Leslie. strings does not even get a mention in the cuck section of this book. He's like a bunch of no-name Blairites led by Chukka Munna, and it is great. He doesn't, like, he, he doesn't no, mention Mike Gapes either, which I have you, to say... 
Yeah, and that is... I wanted to mention this, but sorry, because Mike Gapes... I mean, first of all, you can't say that's no name. Now, that is a fucking name. Mike Gapes. It's a name that's also a sentence. It's a ridiculous fucking name. (laughs) But (laughs) but secondly... um, you know, when Gapes and that led left the party, like, they thought they were going to go down in the fucking annals of history. Gapes was going to be in the annals, right? <laughs> Gapes was going to have more than one <laughs> book written about like him. Was... Gape in my annals. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. God, we really died. We went from South Park to Borat. This is not going... This is a great whistle-stop tour of me, Good age 17. Comedy. Me age seventeen. Great films for um, intelligent people. Um, um, but but like yeah, no. Gapes thought that he was gonna like go down in history. Him and all the other cucks. They thought that that's CUK. They thought that they were gonna you know fucking change the game. They thought that you know like Len mentions the names of all the gang of four in here, like mm. Shirley Williams. Blah 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 blah. blah. To be fair, they those are historical. Those are historical oh, those figures. Those are major politicians yeah, who get their names in history books to this day. Gapes and that, already forgotten. Even Gapes. <laughs> yeah. I am going to read out the sentence that um, that he writes about Chris Leslie, because it's incredible. Because every time he describes some cunt we don't like, he, um, he describes them in a brilliant way. Chris Leslie was there with balls. Honestly, I wouldn't send them across the road with a message. and um uh, he would defect from corbyn's labor to the much hyped change uk only to lose his deposit in the 2019 election shout out to my seat where that happened the seat where i currently live um i was not living there at the time i was living elsewhere but um yeah chris leslie roundly rejected because he I, i always tell the story whenever he's brought up we knew chris leslie was defecting because he started showing up in nottingham we knew ah, we yeah. knew that was we knew it was coming. He showed up in Nottingham and we were like, he's never been in the fucking city before. What's happening? Yeah. What's fucking happening? Let's see yeah. what's up. Literally and... wouldn't be able to point to Nottingham on a map. Yeah, he struggled. I think he was asked and struggled. He was technically in my CLP, my old CLP. It's really weird. And my name would be next to his on the list of fucking delegates, and I'm like, don't associate me with that cunt. <laughs> do not do it. Um <laughs> right. And yeah, basically, all right, so when Len McCluskey is there meeting with Ed Balls, he's explaining, like, look, like, make our lives a bit easier. Basically, this is like trade union, the way trade unions do deals with labor uh, front benches. They're like, look, like, we get it. You don't want to be, like, big spenders, whatever. But, like, make our lives, like, a tiny bit easier. Can we, like, not do this austerity position? Can we do something a bit, a bit different? Not, like, he's not demanding Corbynism here. So he's, um... And he's basically saying, uh, this is what he says. Look, we're going through difficult times, but you should consult with us trade unions because even if we can't agree with you, we can help come up with language that satisfies your thoughts and doesn't make life impossible for us. Fair, right? I mean, you might not like it, but that's like a completely fair thing. And Chris uh, Chris Leslie says, exactly, Len, I couldn't agree with you more. We have to be able to tell people that when Labour gets elected, there will be at least another two years of austerity. It's yeah, like, hell. fucking hell, these people <laughs> are such ghouls. Can you say anything to Chris Leslie and he'll just be like, exactly, two more years of a <laughs> yeah. It's just and what he hears in his head constantly. In fact, Len McCluskey um, 
goes on to say that he, I looked at him in total disbelief and said, are you on the same planet as me? That's not what I'm saying at all. Because he hasn't addressed <laughs> what he actually said at all. It's like one of those weird chatbots that get in a loop. It's impossible to... And, I, you know, Chris Leslie is not, uh, is not a bright person, I think I can safely say from this single or description. Or a good person. Or a good... I think he might be too stupid to grasp the con- dualist concept of good and evil. I don't think it exists within him. Like... Uh, hey, Red Tixied. Um Yeah, I think I think he's too stupid to grasp dualism in that way. Um, so there you go. Um, in fact, he he even goes on to like ask Ed Miliband and Ed Balls the difference between austerity and austerity light, and, and of course, they can't really explain it. And basically, Miliband is getting bullied by the right of his party. Len's incredibly mm. frustrated. Um, and he even... Uh, so Len McCluskey does this interview with the New Statesman that was mentioned. With George Eaton. Yeah. Um, and he... Basically, if he gets seduced by the Jim Murphys and the Douglas Alexanders, then the truth is that he'll be defeated and he'll be cast into the dustbin of history. Boy, was that prediction um, accurate, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, especially given the precise nature of Labour's defeat in the 2015 election. Yeah. Involving uh, kind of a, a, um, a sub-party, you know, uh, the, the Scottish Labour Party. Led very much, yeah, very much and, a sub-party, I will say. Um, and, and featuring, uh, yeah, 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 more <laughs> so on. Uh, led by Jim Murphy and prominently featuring Douglas Alexander. Both uh, of whom yeah. lost their seats humiliatingly, I will point yeah, out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Ian Murray was not humiliatingly defeated at that election, but and and remains the last man standing somehow to this day. Yeah, I'm genuinely Robert, astonished. Robert, yeah, R- rigged, rigged. Edinburgh South, Melt Central, not a fan of it. Uh, if there's one bit of Scotland I would demand has to stay in England, it would be Edinburgh South. Um, yeah. So we uh, don't inflict the Scots rigged. with fucking Ian Murray. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, so I want to read this section out from Len and say if, see if this feels uh, sounds familiar. Miliband didn't seem to want to help himself. He aspired to be a unity leader and refused to build a support base either in the party or in parliament. Now, that sounds a little bit familiar, um, <laughs> that he wanted to be a unity leader but refuses to build any viable power base that won't immediately kill oh, the oh, skull. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, sorry, I forgot he fucking existed. Yeah. Um, electoral cockroach. Yeah, that is very much what he is, and I, I cannot wait to see if he loses his seat at the next election. Wait, wait, we're calling people cockroaches now. Are we using dehumanization critics oh, common to the extreme? That's right. Um, I've got some salt. Um, we can talk. <laughs> um, oh God, remember when that but, shit you know, was going on? Uh, yeah, do you know melt uh, as a phrase was first invented by uh, uh, Pol Pot? That's right. Uh, yeah. This is what he described people with glasses. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. The toy train. The toy train is not mentioned in this book, but the tro- toy train is, I think, likely to be part of another video I do. Um, if you will pick the January video about moral panics, I will probably mention the reaction to Corbynism as a moral panic. Um, but there you go. Right. That, that's all. That's all done on the YouTube. Wait, what? What's that got to do with the toy train? <laughs> oh, do you not remember the toy train story? 
<laughs> no. No, okay, so do you remember when um, some Corbyn staffer put a toy train outside of some right-wing ghoul's office? So, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. The Selection Express. Yeah, and they I were like, remember. and they were, yeah, you must, I was like, how do you <laughs> not remember this? This is like, a, this is like the thing. Like, no, that was jokes, man. Was that, was that Chris Williamson who did that? No, it wasn't. It was, um, it was some staffer. It was like some member of staff. I think people thought it was Matt's cousin, to be fair, but I don't think it was him. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I do remember some fingers being pointed at some people, all of them denied it. I mean, I don't know. I do remember, I do remember, like, when he first got into Parliament, Chris Williamson was, like, leaving notes to, like, Chris Leslie and that, like, I hope you get deselected. And he, he did that, <laughs> weird, that weird, like, Christmas video where he was, it was like the Queen's Christmas video, but it was Chris Williamson and he was, like, sat there, like, <laughs> ho, 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 I'm wishing you all merry deselection. Like... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the, thi the thing is, that would, that's actually kind of, like, the funny thing that you should have been doing, but he turned yeah, out to be a massive that fucking wrong one. But yeah. That, 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 that was, that exactly rocked. That was, yeah. like, yeah, it was such a such a shame to see. Uh, yeah, anyway. I'll, I'll I'll tell everyone my Chris Williamson encounter story. Another another stream. I save it for another stream. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> oh dear, I like the um the Ed Miliband's uh director of communications was Tom Baldwin. Tom Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> a fucking a fucking um. A fucking former Times journalist. Boy, is that a yeah. recur? By the way, another recurring theme. I wonder who else has a former Times journalist in their staff. Perhaps former, writing speeches. Former Times journalist and current cunt. Yeah. Um, also, actually, Tom Baldwin, on a serious note, would go on to be one of the leading forces within the People's Vote campaign. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, the yeah. People's Vote campaign are in here as well, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. all in here. Yeah. It's oh, all in yeah. here. Yeah, don't yes. worry. Yes, yes, they are, yes. Yeah, they're all in here. Um, but, yeah, he, he mentions that it's like a miracle Ed Miliband basically could put his trousers on with this team around him, this team of absolute right-wing cunts. Like he see like Len McCluskey, to be yeah. fair to him, does seem to be like specific people like Lucy Powell and stuff like that. But that just seems to be an entirely personal thing. And not a yeah, I don't get that. Whatever, get it's whatever. He's rubbish as well, in my opinion. Uh who else does he the other person he cites, I think, is like someone who went on to work for Corbyn or whatever. So Uh yeah. it's Simon Fletcher. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, who was the trade union liaison person, which is probably why Len liked him. Probably like the meltiest person in Corbyn's initial team, to be honest. Yeah, in fact, in fact, described uh, the, as quite conflict averse. As um, yeah, well. later on, we'll get to that. Because um, a lot of this is basically them classing me like, man, I wish people weren't so conflict averse. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he he's not that. <laughs> Yeah, Len McCluskey is not because he immediately he dedicates an entire chapter to like the deciding incident of the past decade, which is probably the Falkirk but like selection yeah. scandal. Well, it wasn't really a scandal as it turned out. In fact, this contains one of the mo it, it was oh, a scandal. Well. There was one. There's one moment mentioned here that is explicitly a scandal and should probably. Oh, have, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically. The, the perspective that Len, because Len McCluskey famously kind of broke with people, broke ranks among the unions on this like one member, one vote stuff, and 
you know, you have to opt in. Because he's like, I don't want to give Labour my fucking money, man. <laughs> you know, my yeah. union's money. It's like, I, I can't justify it when, like, a bunch of my members fucking hate the party for different reasons. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Yeah, well, because if you're not actually, like, taking action when the Labour Party does fail to represent your union, then you just talk and they're going to know you just talk and mm -hmm. you're... Or any threats that you issue are just going to be meaningless. Um, and indeed, uh, before McCluskey retired as general secretary, Unite further cut its uh, trade union, its, yeah. its political levy to the Labour Party uh, last year, which he mentions in in the book. And also, thank you for the follow um, to Young Chin Savage. Jesus, I can't um, can't imagine the character behind that username. I hope they're good. Um, and also someone else following, Nay Smith. All right, and you both got the Soviet orb gif. I, I took a bunch of gifs from like old Soviet sci-fi films and made them alerts, and one of them's like an orb oh, no. slowly opening with a man inside them. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a Very weird cool. gif. I was like, hell yes, let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, re regarding Falkirk, um, another one of the things I listened to uh, before I came on here to prepare was... Uh, some old interview on, I think, BBC's The World at One with McCluskey from 2013 during the Falkirk quote-unquote scandal. And it was incredible, like, the presumption of guilt uh, in the interviewer's questioning. Uh, you know, um, there, she was like, oh, what do you say of Miliband's lines in his speech about how he wants to end machine politics? Uh, and and lens like well uh, you know as long as he's not like singling out unite for machine politics because i see the progress labor first machines at work within the labor party every day so i i i hardly think this is like a left exclusive thing um and she and and whoever was hosting was just like yes but the police are investigating unite aren't they it's like well yeah because ed miliband called the fucking police yeah this them. is this was the actual scandal <laughs> as far as i'm concerned the actual scandal is ed miliband called the police on a fucking trade union like the fucking scam uh, he is yeah, they hadn't done anything yeah like, the police found nothing like there, there was one illegal thing that that len mentions in here but it wasn't his lot doing it it was mm. the fucking uh local it was like the uh of the right wing opponent of uh, Kerry Murphy and the selection race, like somebody um, yeah. affiliated to him. I'm carefully choosing my words because I can't remember exactly and don't want to libel this particular guy. But somebody affiliated with that guy had been fucking uh, like signing up uh, people to vote in a comp in an underhand he, fashion or something. He, it was what he did, and it's in the book. And this is not something you're allowed to do. Was he paid for their membership? That was it. That was it. Now, trade unions are allowed. There was a special thing at the time. It was the trade union link, something like that, that allowed a trade union to subsidize your first year of membership if you were a trade union affiliate. Now, they, uh, Carrie Murphy, who was in the selection later of Corbyn's staff, famously, um, she ends. She and her team managed to get a lot of people signed. A hundred or so people signed up through this trade union link. Easy because it's free. They'll show up. They'll vote for you. Whatever. The other guy had started paying for people. Actually, done an illegal thing. Started paying for people's stuff. And the person who investigated it didn't bother looking into it. Yeah, they fully why. did not bother. Which was like, mm. and and then Ed Miliband calls the fucking police, um, which is incredible. Like, yeah. 
Um, as as Len McCuskey puts it, to say I was incandescent would be putting it mildly. I will never forgive him for it. He didn't yeah, even have the decency enough. to tell me personally. I found out about it in the media. And also, like, every single other general secretary seemed to be, according to Len McCluskey, quite astonished that this had happened because a Labour Party leader reported a trade union to the police. Yeah, like, absolutely bad. There was, there was always this kind of, like, question of, like, why isn't Ed Miliband more prominent in the Corbyn project? Like, he uh, professes to support radical, transformative policies. Why isn't he in there taking advantage of this new political space? I mean, one reason could be that he's a fucking fraud who's just all talk uh, and doesn't give a shit about, uh, uh, you know... You can't you can't claim to be on the left and then just organise with the right. Like, sorry, it doesn't work. The soft left isn't a, a real thing. It's a, a, a sense people like to have of themselves. But, um, uh, you know, the other reason is also because, like, uh, you know, it's even stated and left out that um, Carrie Murphy specifically um, didn't want to give Ed Miliband a, a job within uh, Corbyn's shadow cabinet. Um because she felt so betrayed by him, like, suspending her yeah. um, from a party uh, baselessly and using her as the scapegoat um, for this baseless scandal that he could use to attack the trade union movement in this country. In um, fact, which... something that does come up a lot in all these right, all these books that we do together is that Carrie Murphy seems to be a very competent person in general. That does seem to come out, in all... even in the ones where they don't like her. They're like, yeah, to be fair, she did sort them out. Like, absolutely, absolutely like, the Corbyn's office. Like everyone fucking pins the blame on like her and Seamus Milne for how things went tits up. Which uh, there's a great bit in here where Len is like, "I find the the, the uh, attempts by even by some on the left to pin the the fault of uh, Labour's defeat on Seamus Milne to be uh, appalling or something." And it's like the most <laughs> the most blatant subtweet of Owen Jones. <laughs> I mean, to it, Paul Mason as well, but then yeah. he obviously, he obviously likes Paul Mason less than he likes Owen Jones, so he's more into oh, oh yeah he explicit criticism of Paul Mason. <laughs> yeah, there's one we'll get to it when we get to the Corbyn bit, but there's one very funny bit about Paul Mason that I want to highlight to everyone when we get to it. Yeah, um, because exactly. he, he um, in fact there, are, there there's an interesting. That's actually a very interesting bit where he, they try and get a um, they try and sort out who Corbyn's director of communications is going to be. Obviously, famously ended up being Seamus Milne. Um, yeah. But basically, the Falkirk bit is well summarized by Miliband acting disgracefully towards the trade unions, and also like how stunned Len McCluskey was that the PLP were voluntarily giving up their block vote. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and how him, how and badly they... enough not yeah him they... being smart enough not to say this in public. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He did not say it in public, and he was like, "No, oh, these people don't understand like the level of control they have in this way." But oh and, yeah, and they even like negotiated down. So initially, the threshold for nominations was going to be twenty percent. He then negotiates it down cool. to like oh it was twenty five or something. Then he negotiates it down to twenty seventeen and a half, and then he's like, "Look." you need to go to someone else to talk about this. And they negotiated down to the 15, which is famously just enough for a certain Jeremy Corbyn to get on the ballot. And also just enough for a certain Liz Kendall to get on the ballot. A comparison that is made in a very funny way as well, comparing their yeah. percentages in that, um, in that leadership election. 
um, didn't then sort of say he was against Omov. He was like, yeah, he yeah, he was playing five D chess and winning. He he's a trade I mean, union, I, I he's a trade union general that. secretary. Like Len, Len McCluskey, uh, basically saving the left by a miss one case, strategically siding with a right who are trying to destroy him is probably the single most effective example of like 5d chess being yeah, played this... on the left it is it is the only example of mcdonaldism working outside the economic sphere and M- mcdonaldism without mcdonald that's, Mc... what yeah, McDon- yeah. that's what we needed that's what we needed all everyone <laughs> mcdonald would have probably been opposing the reforms at the time but like yeah, yeah, but, yeah but... But... The whole left were well um, because no, of the trade union link, but yeah, um... Len, yeah, Len, Len's play on that was like was fucking brilliant. Like it's genuinely one of the most like astounding political feats, uh, yeah. including like the change of the MPs, uh, the the, the um, threshold of nominations that MPs mm-hmm. needed to get, which of course, when the right retook the party, the first fucking thing they did was to push through a change to that that pushed it back up to 20%. McDonaldism without milk characteristics, as the chat say, yes. McDonaldism without McDonald, that's it. It turns out we found out what the problem with Corbynism was all along, it was John McDonald. Um... Well, I mean, I agree with Len McCluskey in here that John McDonald was a brilliant shadow chancellor. Would have been a great Uh, chancellor. He would have been a great chancellor. He was key to the Corbyn project, that him and Corbyn were united in their vision of the country. Uh, I agree that he lost his way over Brexit, um, and I think that he should have stuck to his brief more and not contradicted Corbyn on issues like uh, anti-Semitism, Russia, and uh, and of course mainly Brexit. But but we we've kind of been over that stuff. Yeah, several several, several times. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, chapter thirteen is the road to defeat. So basically, this is. Um... This is um, Len McCluskey trying to get Ed Miliband to not let Jim Murphy be the Scottish. Well, not let, but like create the conditions where Jim Murphy can't become the Labour leader, uh, Scottish yeah. Labour leader, to be clear, not not to replace Ed Miliband. Ed Miliband presumably would have not folded in that case because Jim Murphy's <laughs> fucking useless, as I think aptly demonstrated by his election performance as Labour leader in Scotland. Um, <laughs> but as um, Len McCluskey apparently had written that uh, if Jim Murphy was elected it would be a sentence of political death for many Scottish MPs and Ed Miliband calls him into his office to give him a telling off which I find a completely hilarious image Ed Miliband calling in Len McCluskey yeah, telling, off. telling off like yeah. please don't be mean <laughs> no but for real yeah. that's, and it turned out Miliband hadn't even uh, read the article yeah, and, he, yeah. and then McCluskey says to him, well, Ed, let me give you one piece of advice. If you're going to attack me for something I've written, it would be a good idea for you to read it first, which... Yeah. yeah. Well, well, when he criticised Jim Murphy that previous time in 2013 <sighs> uh, in The New Statesman, um, Ed Miliband f- completely lost his shit and called Len's comments despicable. He's <laughs> 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 saying you want Blairite sacked from the Shadow Cabinet. Despicable. These days, if you say you want Blairite sacked from the Shadow Cabinet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's... Um, so basically what Len McCluskey's trying to do here is get Ed Miliband to say, I think the next Scottish Labour leader should be an MSP. Not a wholly unreasonable position, because Jim Murphy was an MP, it would lock him out, and perhaps they had like slightly better people in the, um, in the Scottish um, Parliament. I don't know that that's true, given the quality of 
the current crop of Scottish MPs that Labour have, but maybe it was at the time. Um, and Ed Miliband was like, I'm keeping out of it, which is, you know... And as Len McCluskey says, what happens in Scotland could be the difference between you being Prime Minister or not, and you're keeping out of it. Turned out that was uh, rather give, prophetic. Wait, but... Given every single Scottish Labour MP uh, other than Ian Murray lost their seat in 2015, I'm going to say that the idea of an MSP getting the job was a good one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, to be fair, that was quite a... Yeah, because he had to resign immediately, and now they've had like 18 leaders in 12 years or something. Yeah. I don't even keep count anymore. There's no point counting Scottish Labour leaders these no, days. No, they, they were on a mad turnaround even before that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, um, he points out that, well, how, did, how the fuck couldn't they have seen this coming? Um, in Scotland and let these fuckers, you know and, and then because they're losing these by-elections they lost control of the Scottish Parliament in 2007 um, yeah and when Len McCluskey, so Len McCluskey, the Scottish referendum time for their independence referendum was like look, like, can we do like a Devo Max position not do this better together shite, basically just sort of don't be on a stage with Tories and Lib Dems, mm. which, which to me makes a lot of sense. And the, uh, the Scottish Labour leader at the time, or at least I think, it sh I think they were, Lamont declared, we will put independence to the sword once and for all. Um, yeah, which it turns out didn't mass. happen. Um, like ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Like turning like, up with a with, turning up with a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, you know? like, and uh, wait, their sword is so much bigger than ours. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it turned out um, didn't arrive with a sword so much as a butter knife to that one. Um, yeah, it was embarrassing. Yeah, and and, and it's just plain arrogance, right? They're like, oh, we'll put this question yeah. to bed, and all it did was piss people off. Um, yeah. in just the right way to ruin your party up there. And but Len, obviously, he correctly realised it would be a terrible mistake for Labour to be seen to share be sharing platforms with Tories and Lib Dems as part of the establishment, uh, and this would continue to be a factor in his thinking in the years to come over the idea uh, of, of Brexit, the issue of Brexit. And he even comes out to be like, look, the, f the fact is that as long as Labour opposes an independence referendum, they're dead. Scotland, they're yeah. dead, they're done, and I think I think accepting that would probably do Labour some good, actually, because then they'd stop pretending like anything worth doing. There's anything worth doing up there, but you know they're gonna pretend that's the case as long as yeah. And good, well, they can, know, let, let them waste their fucking time up there, to be do, honest. Do they want to win? Like, they've got their little fucking rotten borough of a party back mm. under an ass. So, like, why do they, you know, what do they do they need to be in, a, in you know, any kind of position to win? Or can they just be, like, a fucking social club slash job yeah. creation scheme for weird unionist bastards? He also comes, he also tells this anecdote in 2017 when I was campaigning in my third general secretary election, I came out of Glasgow airport late at night and waited at the taxi rank suddenly I heard a voice say, I hope you lose Len, I turned around to see Jim Murphy, but he was already walking away the snide way in which he, he did it and said, said everything about the man he didn't even give me the opportunity to say, well you know all about losing Jim which he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He or is... indeed, uh, in, just a tip if you ever want Jim Murphy to fuck off uh, in person, to ask him what happened in South Africa, Jim. <laughs> I can't yeah. elaborate on that any further, but just ask him and see yeah. see, see how far away he runs <laughs> at that time before you can get in your, uh, your, your, your jibe about what a fucking loser he is. He is. He Gallant is proportionally... 
proportionally the biggest loser in the history of the Labour Party, a party for losers. Uh, like, yeah. he, that is literally true, by the way. Like, proportionally the biggest loser in history. Even bigger than Gordon Brown, who yeah, is probably third on that list. After, um, <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely humiliating. Um, anyway, anyway I, yeah. I don't like fucking um, Jim Murphy at all. Um, he, um, there are some, like, positives about Ed Miliband in here opposing the bombing of Syria. Of course... Uh, that position would probably get him labelled some sort of horrible thing by some sort of uh, half half pint character on Twitter.com today, but oh, yeah, it was yeah. it was the correct uh, it was the correct position. Uh, uh, stand by it. Uh, well done, Ed Miliband, for actually doing something right for once. Um, mm. Yeah, there you go. Um, and there's this there's this interesting bit that I didn't know about, which was um, that the trade unions had been involved in creating. Um, a policy, basically a bunch of workers' rights policies that all sound really good, right? Like, it basically would have reversed most of the Conservatives' trade union laws. Um, but, get this, and it's, and um, um, get this, right? So basically his policy advisor and Miliband were like, yeah, this is great, we, we like this, we want to do this, right? Was this Torsten, Torsten Hendrickson Bell? That's right. But wait, guess... wait, does Len does Len use the double barreled name in there? No, he only calls him Torsten Bell. Um, oh come on, Len! Like but... that's Torst, Torsten is trying to deny his yeah. double barreled roots, and I'm not having it. <laughs> but guess what they did? They had this great policy that they liked, but they didn't tell people about. It. If that's not a summary of the fucking way these people think, I don't know what it is. We're not going to tell yeah. you the good thing. You can vote for the mystery box, and maybe yeah. it's good. And in this case, it would have been good. Like it, it's the usual like campaign to the left, sorry, campaign to the right, govern to the left thing that has never ever happened. Do you know what? Do you know what? The opposite seems to work quite well. Why not try campaigning to the left and governing from the left? I don't know. That might be interesting. We could try. I it thought you meant campaign from the left, govern to the right. No, <laughs> I mean, like, no. Corbyn had got in and just be like, "Sorry, suckers. Yeah. Me and Tony were best friends all along." But that's. But to be fair, that's what like some of the articles about him seem to heavily imply at one. Point point but uh, because you know he was at once too left-wing and too centrist which was oh, yeah, in yeah. one article it was really the starmer leadership plan is to campaign from the right and govern from the far right i feel comfortable saying that to be honest um <laughs> actually to be fair if any of those soft leftists who were like no Sinan, you can't say this when i called uh keir starmer a far right culture warrior uh um, how are you feeling yeah. about that now uh, yeah, yeah, can I just How you say, feeling I think, now? Uh, regarding the soft left, like, I was checking, like, about f- five or so of your accounts uh, on the day that Keir Starmer... I know this is petty of me, I should have been... On the day that the Labour leader endorses uh, um, an apartheid state, I should have maybe been thinking about the wider geopolitical implications. But instead, I checked a few soft left accounts, uh, and none of them had a... F- fucking thing to say Keir, Keir uh, Starmer what people are asking what Keir Starmer did Keir Starmer attended an event and effectively shared the stage with a person opposed to mixed marriages that's what yeah, yeah, the, 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 the mainstream centre-left position in the UK now because that's what the Labour Party purports to be is opposed to mixed marriages his own mixed marriage specifically yeah, I mean, he gave this, like, grotesque speech about how, what was it, Labour made, sorry, Israel made the desert bloom. Incidentally, just, you know, colonialist language. Really, like, over there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. One, no one was there before making anything. 
you know, famously. Yeah, it was, it was like the most disgusting, like hardline pro-Israel speech, like talking about how Israel's held to a different standard to other countries in the world. All, all that, all that rubbish. And I looked and like, and I, I guess like the soft left lot, they have just priced in the fact that the Labour Party is now a pro-apartheid party. They've just kind of said, well, look. We we still because Annalise Dodds still has about like five meaningless jobs in the shadow cabinet. We still think that there's a radical economic agenda going on there. You know, we're reliably informed Rachel Reeves has moved to the left. So you know, we just got to kind of price in that the Labour Party supports yeah. uh, um, apartheid. Now. Rachel Reeves has moved to the left to Cameron's position. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting how that happened. Um, Starmer's well, playing... moved to the right of Cameron on yeah. Israel, so yeah. Star- Starmer is playing on. the long game, using that as a reason to get a divorce so he can shack up with a certain someone else. Who could possibly say? I couldn't tell you. Me, I could not tell you whether that was the case. Um... <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, fuck Keir Starmer and fuck anyone who still is providing left cover for this disgusting right-wing ideological project. Yeah. Like, um, vile. And Len McCluskey does talk about here, um, you know, the exploitation of migrant workers, um, including in the Sports Direct warehouse, where a, a woman had given birth to in the warehouse toilets because she was scared if she missed a shift, she would get sacked. Um... And- an area which he apparently took up and you know good for him good good i say i simply say good that he took that up and fought for yeah. those people you know yeah i mean what do you think about like because he talks about immigration a few times in this he misses on some points for me i think i yeah. think he misses i uh, will get to i highlighted those bits where i'm like uh, i think you kind of misfired on that one generally his attitude seems to be more or less fine yeah, like, but like I, I, I think he misfires a couple of times. We'll bring it up as we get to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think like what I'll briefly say is I think he has attitudes that like reflect in a lot of ways his his commitments as leader of a trade union to mm. like represent people in certain sectors. I like I, I think like it's the same as his position on nuclear weapons, which I personally disagree quite strongly with. Like you can see. Um, Again, it's what he calls like, you know, he has a slightly little kind of, well, he conf- this is a big revelation of the book, actually. He confesses to being a huge fan of the West Wing. Yeah, <laughs> I, easily, I highlighted that. Like, that was the worst sing- moment. <laughs> his single meltiest uh, uh, characteristic. Uh, but like, basically, he has a phrase like, something to do with pragmatism. It's not progressive pragmatism, but it's something a bit like it. Yeah, but- uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, can generally fall into the traps of centrist politics. But then you have the case of something like um, the blinder that he played on Ed Miliband's reforms to the Labour Party, which ended up working spectacularly in his favour. Um, and yes, Red Tixie, I am. Oh, you're still a member of the party. Yeah, well, they haven't kicked me out yet. They haven't yet. kicked you out. But being on the stream gets you kicked out. I was reliably told. Well, it so. hasn't for me yet. Like, last time, I, thought it was, last time poor, I was like, saying, why, why haven't you guys? I, poor Isaac I comes on. Poor Isaac comes on. It gets talked about by Labour bureaucrats, as he called them. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe he's just not a fucking irrelevance like me. Yeah, like, that was, to this past. day, the funniest thing that has happened because of this stream is that the Golden Tonti badge giveaway is now permanently archived in the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some... 
Oh, no. Now, now we've opened up the floodgates to Len getting called a sorkin-brained loser. Oh, <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't think there's any evidence that his love of the West Wing has adversely affected his, uh, his, his politics. No, I don't oh, or think his politics, a... to be fair. I didn't yeah, realise no, where I we were going with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Or his brain more generally. No, I, I, you know, I think, if anything, his... Um, uh, his penchant for compromise comes from just a long, a long time experience, uh, a long time uh, in leadership positions, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, no, you, you know, just for, just one, very briefly, you know, I, 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 I don't think I'm not gonna. Well, no, they can kick me out because that it's their party. <laughs> yeah, it's their prerogative. But I'm not gonna leave like on my on my own accord because I fucking think that I have every right to be uh, of the two main parties in this country and the one that's ostensibly on the left. Uh, I think it's democratic right uh, to be involved in that party, uh, and it's the Starmer project's not gonna go away just because uh, we try and ignore it for uh, you know as self care. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this, that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, that's why I talk about it all the time. But actually, the next chapter is the rise of Jeremy Corbyn. We're into the good stuff, everyone. The good yes. times are here. And yeah, uh, yeah. and do you guys remember Tristan Hunt? Would you I like remember to, him. Would you like to hear about who he thinks Labour were alienating in the 2015 general election? Those who aspire to shop in Waitrose. You you know the class system. There's the there's the Aldi woman. There's the John Lewis people, and there's those who aspire to shop in Waitrose. So the three classes. <laughs> my, my the person in the room just looked at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm talking about some centrist melt who doesn't understand how the world works because he's some pampered rich fucker. I assume that's his background. Um, on that on that comment, he was mocked. His own seat didn't have a waitress. Well, yeah, he's Stoke on Trent. What fucking waitress? They? I don't want to be one of those guys who stereotypes the place, but what fucking waitress? They're going to be in Stoke on Trent. I'm sorry. Well, you think if Trish from a hundred moved there, like suddenly the gentrification <laughs> process would just go boom? <laughs> yeah, waitress just is to everywhere. service Trish <laughs> um, Yeah, but I think he was. Uh, I think he was a uh, Chris Leslie type MP who would not be able to point to his constituency on a map. <laughs> I also want to mention Chris Leslie because Lemon McCluskey does not mention Chris Leslie's contribution to this debate, which is uh, they need to reach the which magazine voter, which that's is just it, like, yep. that's the classic one that everyone remembers, which is, I suppose, why it was good to remember that Tristram Hunt, one, exists, and that two, was, was that stupid. That was the defining uh, characteristic of, of, of the discourse uh, in... Uh, the Labour Party in the early stages of the 2015 leadership contest. I mean, Andy Burnham had his own kind of like pro working class equivalent, which was like I alluded to in my joke a minute ago, uh, people who shop at Aldi. He mm. wanted to represent like little and Aldi people. Well, not me. I'm a had... little person. He didn't. Anyway, um... <laughs> well, the the other various stripes of Blairite MP, they were all talking about which magazine John Lewis and Waitrose. So so you had a political debate where the, the where class was represented uh, by like these private companies. I explicitly <laughs> only want to represent people who end up in kebab shops at three AM after singing Come Out Your Black and Tans after a pop punk night. Those are the people I represent. And I'm not saying that's me and one other friend, but um, <laughs> 
Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. Who could say? Um, everyone just everyone just aspires to be a better consumer. The full quote is: "Labor is alienating those who work at Sainsbury's, but oh, sorry, shop at Sainsbury's, but aspire for waitresses. Work at Sainsbury's would be the 2020s redux of that because of how fucking shit everything's become." Yeah. Um, yeah, that's embarrassing. Even. It is straight I mean, up embarrassing. Um, such a poverty uh, uh, view of the world, you know. Uh, not poverty in the sense of material poverty, mm. but of, uh, intellectual spiritual, poverty, spiritual and intellectual poverty. You know, just like uh, oh yeah, all we can hope is oh, is just to slot people into these yeah, little so, consumer categories. So he describes Andy Burnham's early leadership elections as pre-Corbyn. Uh, this is around when Corbyn throws his hat into the ring. And Andy Burnham's sliding to the right a little bit because he's like, look, like, who's the left going to vote for, man? Really? Like, what do you think is going to happen? And yeah. Len McCluskey does um, offer him the warning, there is such a thing as being too clever for your own good. You do know that today Jeremy has thrown his hat into the ring. And it's like, yeah, there it is. Um, and of course... He, he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> yeah, he was like, wait a minute, you mean there might be an actual left-winger showing up? He um, was so plugged in that he had no idea that Corbyn had joined the race. Yeah, and in fact, he retells the famous story where John McDonnell turns to Jeremy Corbyn and says, your turn. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, guess, we all guess. know that. That's we all know like that story. That's yeah, we, we, other books. yeah, we, yeah. It's in every <laughs> Probably, book. Now. Just Alex Nunn's just copy pasted it over yeah. from the candidate. This, I'm just yeah. kidding, by the way. Love Alex Nunn. Alex Nunn's, Love. yeah. And also, that was that's a great book. I've read it. I never did it. For, I read it way before I did the stream. But it's a very, very good book. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, basically, they retell the famous stories about getting the nominations and in fact there's an interesting uh thing here where they talk about john mcdonald was like uh john mcdonald's position was like look we'll put jeremy up but let's be real you need 15 percent of these fuckers to nominate us and most of our colleagues are cunts like i, I i'm 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 editorializing john mcdonald's thoughts there a little bit but he i suspect probably did say something he, quite similar to that yeah <laughs> like that is what i would be saying quite possibly I, verbatim <laughs> yeah that might actually be an exact quote but only yeah. by complete accident but um and and he thinks like well i couldn't fucking do it which is yeah. like fair enough because he was arguably considered the most capable of doing that and i guess diane abbott did manage it but that was entirely on the basis of david Miliband lending her the nominations mm. um but Jeremy had, a, and here's, a, here's an interesting quote. I wonder how long this would last. Uh, but Jeremy had a big advantage. His colleagues liked him. He was seen as friendly and unthreatening. <laughs> this is the thing. This is one of these things that I really found interesting through the Corbyn years was that John McDonnell was the big bad. He was the fucking, yeah. he, was the, he was the stick. And Jeremy Corbyn the was the character. Yeah, the quartermaster. What a fucking cool nickname. That's the same. The same. So he was. He was uh, the guy who gives James Bond all the exploding watches and stuff. And That's right. He, he was Q. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he actually played that role in the movies. No, he didn't. Um. It would have been really funny to see that happen. Yeah, it probably would have been funnier than John Cleese in the <laughs> fucking movies. And um. And apparently a lot of MPs were quietly alarmed at how far to the right the leadership debate had gone, which begs the question, why are you in a party with a bunch of far-right cunts? Anyway, um, we'll get to the far-right cunts in a bit. Also, that is, that's an ambulance driving by my place. I'm sure that's fine. Um, yeah, you can't say anything these days. But yeah, um, basically, Len McCluskey puts like some of the nominations down to online pressure, to which I say bullying works. We're back to bullying works, everyone. It turns yeah. out. Um, 
Okay, I yeah, I'm just gonna say I just think we I know you were joking, but I think we just need for the historical record that it was not bullying when people pressured their no, MPs to nominate Corbyn, nor to oppose the bombing of Syria. Uh and and, and the the idea that any you could really see, oh wow, this is gonna be like one of the main weapons against Corbyn when this kind of democratic pressure was successfully demonized in the press in that way. It was when I started to get really worried. I was like, Jesus, like people just trying to hold their MPs accountable is being portrayed as abuse. And not 90% of people aren't saying that's fucking ridiculous. And and that is how we get to a demand for insulation for housing in Britain, landing you in prison. Um, I I would not be exaggerating when I say I think I could draw a direct line between the general attitude of do not at your MPs, please do not contact me again, etc. And this desire to arrest every single person making anyone's day slightly inconvenient as part of legitimate protest. In fact, mm. in fact, you will recall, if some of us will recall um, the noted uh, anti-mixed marriage uh, Israeli ambassador, uh, some Labour M- uh, MPs called for arrests to be made after she was protested, which is fucking insane. Arrested for what? Booing someone? You better start arresting every single fucking football fan who has ever existed. Um, it wasn't just uh, some Labour MPs, though, was it? It was, like, the, the Shadow Home Secretary. Um, yeah, he's he's a fucking no-name cunt anyway. I don't even think about him, to be honest. Because yeah, like, it's too many names, some would yeah, say. Um, Thomas Simmons, another Nick, double-barreled... At least yeah. he's honest about it, not yeah. hiding hiding his, his uh, uh, pure double-barreled blood like Torsten, Henriksen, Bell. Yeah, I'm sure the free speech warriors had a lot... No, oddly, they don't ever have anything to say about it. Um, no, they, they don't, because they, they all support Israel. <laughs> they they want to see uh, Muslims brutally uh, subjugated, yeah. um, <laughs> essentially. And and bas- basically, this section does retell this story where... Um, where Corbyn... John McDonnell literally begs two people. Turns out he didn't need both of them, which means I suppose half the begging was for nothing, but there you go. And um, he talks about the Unite stuff behind the scenes. They loan the Corbyn campaign money so they can actually, like, get stuff because... Oh, yeah, not just the Corbyn campaign, though. They uh, Tom Watson is like, I need money. And they're like, uh, how much do you need? He's like, this much. And they like, they backed it. two people specifically. They endorsed two people for deputy leader and gave them both £50,000 and Tom to fuck off, which I suppose oh, is just kind of like what you do. Um, yeah. Well, Tom Watson, as we know, was then Len's friend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As he will mention, he was at the time his friend. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And you know, he's talking about like the internal, you know, vote to endorse Corbyn at Unite, where he's like, "Look, the realistic fact is that like forty-three of the fucking out of forty-three of the people, an overwhelming majority, would vote on my line. I just need to make sure certain melts fell in line, so it didn't look like I dicked everyone over." Which yeah. he does. He gets the melts to fall in line. It and... sounds like uh, people in the United Executive only backed Corbyn and Burnham, basically. Yeah, and... which, you know, fair enough at the time. And it seems, yeah, it seems like the Burnham supporters were then uh, resigned to Corbyn. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think what I think as he describes them, because he's like, look, like, I have a good relationship with Andy Burnham. It's not the end of the world if I don't endorse him, which, like, fair enough. Yeah. I suppose it's not the end of the world if you don't endorse someone. And, they um, didn't want to attack Burnham like he was attacking the trade union movement. Mm. 
And yeah, Unite nominated Corbyn, but a couple of smaller unions and a couple of non-affiliate, at the time non-affiliated unions, uh, one of them did later affiliate, the FBU, nominated him. And then basically the rest of the unions kind of cascaded and fell in line at that point. And yeah, it was Angela Eagle and Tom Watson who they nominated for deputy leader, which is just a fucking embarrassing, now looking back, a fucking embarrassing selection. Yeah, um, but I mean... But they were all there, fucking shit, so... There was not anyone to the left of them on the ballot. That was the thing. I remember at the time talking to people I know who were voting for Corbyn, and we all agreed, obviously, who we were voting for for leader. Yeah. But when it came to deputy, couldn't get much agreement. I think most people did end up going behind either... E- hmm? Oh, have we lost Jack? We may have lost Jack, everyone. What a fr- uh, what a freeze frame to lose Jack on as well. Um, hmm. <laughs> F. F in the chat for Jack. He'll be back in a second, I reckon. <laughs> oh, dear. Cap that shot. I mean, wait, hold on. What's the funniest way for me to be looking at this? Like... I try to think of what the funniest way to be reacting to this one shot is as we wait for him to come back. Very good, Jack. Very interesting. Tell me more about who you... Everyone, tell me who you voted for in the Labour deputy leadership. Tell me who you voted for. Nutted, but they still sucking frame. <laughs> Please recap that and share that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, tell Dawn. No, no, no. I mean the 2015 deputy leadership. 2015 deputy leadership. Oh, Jack's gone. Let's invite a random person to join me on Discord. How about that? Should we invite a random? Should we invite someone? Oh no, he's back. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, internet problem. Tom Tom Watson clearly sabotaging your internet. You were talking about who people voted for for deputy leader. Yeah, yeah. Did I say the thing that voting for Tom Watson was one of the major regrets of my life? No, you didn't get to that, but I could assume that was where that was going. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I, I know I didn't have much choice, really, because like I say, there was nobody to his left on the ballot. Um, yeah. Some people thought Angela Eagle was going to be good for some reason. I, I yeah, no idea about that. Uh, but... We'll learn about why that was ridiculous in <laughs> later on. Yeah, um... yeah, ridiculous fucking cowards like typical of the plp but um yeah we 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 we, in the end uh just kind of had a selection of right wingers uh and watson i guess seemed like the one who was a bit of a maverick i don't know maverick tom watson that's not something i need to imagine or want to imagine um yeah who else has got a secret lock drench wank bunker that's a fair point um and he uh, he talks uh, basically. Len describes the contest here. You know the big crowds. We we all we're all familiar with the story. He also mentions that we know now. We now know that in Labour HQ, the idea of stopping the contest was actively discussed, which just tells you what fucking losers these people are. They can never mm-hmm. win in a normal way. They can never like just say their ideas. They have to like stitch things up or ban contests or do something weird. Like just such fucking weird losers is what these yeah. people are. 
They can't win a fair and democratic contest. They they just simply can't. They, and they it's, don't have the support. And they're really going to struggle in the unfair contest that is the British election system because yeah. they don't even have the, the it stacked in their favour in that case. They're really going to struggle in that one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, for one, cannot wait for general election 2020X. That live stream is going to be great fun. When that, yeah. when that uh, exit poll drops and Keir Starmer's on 150 seats... It's going to feel um <laughs> Yeah, well, because everyone right now who's like, oh, I'm so sick of the Tories over corruption. Like, the media is going yeah, when... get, yeah, get like... mother obsession in a couple of days, and everyone's going to oh. forget about that. And Tory, like, oh, Tory yeah. MPs are already firing up the did Keir Starmer def- uh, refuse to prosecute Jimmy Savile button. They're firing up the machine on that one, so... Um, yeah. Get ready for a lot of Keir Starmer nonce defender stuff coming out. I from think the right. you put the um, I think you put the word "did" in the wrong place in that sentence. But oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, he describes like Andy Burnham's thing as a complete fucking nightmare because he had like Michael Duger, um, yeah. complete piece of shit. Um, and Tom Watson used to tell me that Duga was a great campaigner. The campaign he ran for Andy was amateurish and diabolical and must go down as the worst in Labour Party history. Which, yeah, fair play. <laughs> yeah. And he, he then just sort of gently uh, pokes at Yvette Cooper and this Kendall. This Kendall was just like an embarrassment all round, so it just feels kind of like really harsh to go on about her speaking of embarrassment i just want to say i've just been talking absolute nonsense and i've just seen that len mccluskey tweeting that this is an interesting discussion oh so no. if, uh, if len, oh len, no if you're watching i apologize yes then if you're watching so sorry because oh no that's not good because <laughs> i'm just yeah, I'm... The amount of times I've just been calling people out uh, reading this. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> we've got to bear in mind that he probably agrees with that. Uh, yeah. Is, many is Len behind the account that out. followed me called Tiana Min Square? Is he the person behind that account? Who's to say? Well, he says um, he was the critic of the Soviet Union in here. I don't know. There may be a mention of his position on That's China, super weird. Why is my Twitch being tweeted out by a former trade union? <laughs> Oh god! Um, <laughs> well, he's got a book to sell. He's man. got a book like, to sell, and I, I did enjoy the book. Um, yeah, no, but so yeah. Did I. He, he basically identifies what it was that made Jeremy successful in 2015, 2017 as well. He alludes to it, where it's like he was, you know, comfortable in his own skin. Because I don't know if you ever see British politicians who are comfortable in their own skin. They all look like the least comfortable people in the world, possibly yeah. because most of them are like private school dickheads. Who like who? Uh, the second you're taking them out of that environment, they're they're completely yeah, the, the, stumped. The, like the, the second, the second you take their penis out of that dead pig's mouth, they're like, "What fuck? Where am I? I've lost my bearings <laughs> completely." That's why they, that's why David Cameron wanders around dazed and confused all day. That's so, <laughs> so Len, I hear. Len McCluskey, uh, um, you know, uh, clicks off the stream. At <laughs> yeah, that there point. it is. Um, <laughs> I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, he then he then talks about his reaction to the result, huge result. Um, but then out of the frying pan into the fire is the next chapter. And here are the names that he sort of he's talking to about being uh, Corbyn's director of communications, a role that was kind of important to fill. So here are the here are the names: Paul Mason, Owen Jones, Kevin Maguire, and Seamus Milne. 
three yes, of those I, names, I, I'm like, three of those names, I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Like, I could see why in 2015 you, Kevin Maguire. I'm like, that's kind of that's a that's an interesting one. I wouldn't have. Yeah, well, yeah. as Len himself points out, he's never actually a Corbyn supporter, so he's probably not the best candidate. But I can but, see why in that he seems he's actually well connected in the media and, and broadly leftish. And but also, really, like, let's be honest, as we keep pointing out whenever we do these books, not a deep bench. There wasn't no, a deep no. bench. Um, no, no, but Maguire, his politics are much more brownite, if anything, I'd say. Or maybe maybe a little bit more kind of like soft left or like traditional Labour right, but either yeah. way, the single anyway, closest journalist I, to Gordon Brown. I need everyone to get their Paul Mason emotes ready um, for this, because I'm going to read out the passage about Paul Mason, one yeah, of our recurring right. villains on the stream. Then, one by one, they made their excuses. Paul Mason said that he needed to stick with his job at Channel 4 News. In a way, given Paul's later political journey, that was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, fair enough. Which is exactly what I hoped he'd write. That yeah, was exactly well, what I hoped would be said about Paul Mason in okay. this. Um, exactly <laughs> what I expected. Len delivers um, exactly what I wanted here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for putting the Paul Mason emotes in there. So if Len McCluskey's yeah. still around, that is Paul Mason dressed as Chun-Li from Street Fighter, a reference okay. to his terrible book. Yeah, that's why. Because he he wrote this book, the, the Bad Sex Book, where the, the first woman Chinese character you meet is called Chun-Li. I'm and not... that's a character in something In Street else. Fighter, yes. The video ah, game Street Fighter. Um, this is the problem with being on a gaming channel. Um and then Owen Jones is like, look, I'd be better at a columnist at The Guardian, which, like, arguably fair enough. And he's nice. He's very um, positive about Owen Jones here, which is fair enough because, you know, he, he likes him a lot. Um, he, he is. He's positive about Owen Jones in the book. There is just there's the one bit where he says what I think seems like an implicit criticism of Owen Jones, although it could also be read as a criticism of like Paul Mason when it comes <laughs> when it comes to people blaming Seamus Milne for the twenty nineteen defeat despite him being right about everything. <laughs> and uh, well alright, maybe I'm exaggerating, but but you know, despite everything going to shit, uh when especially to shit when uh Seamus and um Carrie Murphy were sidelined from Corbyn's office, you know, like it, it always feels strange to me uh, that people pin the 2019 defeat on them to such an extent uh, in light of that. Yeah, we'll actually get to that because that is specifically talked about as well. Um, but obviously the, it's funny how all of these jobs seem to be divided by who's the last one to provide an excuse not to do it. Because, yeah. Because yeah. Seamus Milne is just kind of there like, ah, fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, literally the same, <laughs> like... the same thing that happened to Corbyn in the socialist campaign group where everyone else is like, oh, well, I can't do it. Like, Kevin, did Maguire's it, you know? like, like... Kevin Maguire's like, oh, I don't support Corbyn. Which, like, uh, fair enough. Well, yeah, 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 Actually. fair enough. Uh, Owen Jones is like, I'd be better at The Guardian. Uh, Paul Mason is like, I am ridiculously unhinged bastard who's off my head on Spice. Like, they all give their perfectly yeah. reasonable reasons, and it's left to Kevin, St Kevin not Kevin, to Seamus Milne to uh, yeah. take control. And obviously, <laughs> we, we're familiar with, like, the characterization of Corbyn's early project, which is that it was not, not for anyone's... Fault, obviously, and it's it, lenders like is like it's not their fault. It's, they just never done this before. It was a bit of a fucking mess. Like, just, yeah, just, yeah. Just call it what it was, and obviously, um, that's less than ideal. Obviously, when you're under the microscope, as you will be, um, and and one of these decisions, it's one of these sort of early moments where there's sort of like 
you know, a, a bit of a disagreement between Len McCluskey and Jeremy Coleman, where he's like, look, like, John McDonald's you know, great, whatever, he's your mate. Mm. Don't make him Shadow Chancellor. Like, for the love of God, don't make him Shadow Chancellor. Um, One case in which McDonald was totally right and McCluskey called it wrong, because, yeah. like, key to the strength of the Corbyn project was that Corbyn and McDonald were completely united in their economic vision, in yeah. their domestic policy. Because, as, as is pointed out in the book, and in lots of other books, you can't really have an Ed Miliband, Ed Bull situation where no. the instincts are completely opposed. It just doesn't. It comes out as an incoherent mess yeah, on the economic or, front, and, or Blair and everyone's Brown. embarrassed by it. There's like in policy terms, there's like a cigarette paper between Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, and there was a fucking civil war between them for years. Yeah, like, <laughs> you've got to you have to manage it really well. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Know? So like that was obviously, uh, you know, they used essentially all of Corbyn's political capital to get John McDonnell into the Shadow Cabinet, and thus, uh, in every other regard, it was like the worst fucking Shadow Cabinet of all time. Yes, <laughs> there is actually a description of how the Shadow Cabinet formation went down, which I'd never heard before, maybe it was mentioned in one of the books, but I... Um, but also Tau Alpha, I can't do it, I'm in Athens, very funny. I think that's very funny to... Um, Paul Mason's <laughs> excuse, of course, uh, his famous Stoyer tweet. Um, yeah, the revolution's happening. Sorry, yeah, that's right. So Corbyn appoints, Corbyn appoints uh, Rosie Winton as his chief whip, and oh yeah, yeah, which, like all right, whatever. Well, I'm already gonna, like we're already it. off the rails, but it's <laughs> oh, whatever at that point. Um, yeah. In fact, some of us will remember recall the famous bit in um, I, it's in all of the books, but Carrie Murphy being like Rosie, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. That's, this that's... Is why. This is why I like, uh, as I'm sure will be music to Len's ears. Yeah, I do. Watch. I this do. Every, I like Carrie Murphy. Every <laughs> description of her I've read in these books, I've been like, I, I think I quite like this person. Um, yeah, I, they I, also, I've, I've probably said before, I met her once, and she was introduced to me as the most hated woman in the Labour Party. <laughs> I'd never heard of her at the time, though, so I, don't, I had no idea why. <laughs> um, so basically the Shadow Cabinet is appointed by Jeremy Corbyn, Rosie and Simon um, and, and John Cryer isn't he? Or is he in the later No, no, he's in the later court? meeting because okay, Rosie yeah. Winston's like, you can't bring John McDonnell in here because of some ancient rule that I some bet she fucking made yeah. up to be honest, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm, my bet is it was made up but just Whatever. assuming, oh, that's just, no one reads that. And shit. really, like, and no really, they needed, and really, as Len points out, what it needed was either Simon Fletcher or Jeremy Coleman to be like, shut the fuck up, we're having John in here. You you know, yeah. I pick you for the job. I picked you for, this does not go the other way. I picked you to be the chief whip. We're doing it, my, you know. Anyway, maybe I would have been better in that position. Who could say? Um, then I'm, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's, but yeah, they end up picking this cat shadow cabinet which includes Michael Duger, noted ghoul. Um, oh, oh, yeah, Michael. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, the colourful description here, it was like putting Dracula in charge of the blood bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was... Well, well, that would, to us, speak of a different centrist figure in British yeah, politics. Yeah, a friend of the stream, Gen <laughs> John Runtall, is more who I would um, think. Oh, I, I do love tormenting him with, like, deep lore about Vlad Tepes. It's one of my favourite pastimes. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously yeah, they discussed yeah. like Seamus Milne having a six week thing where they can't take on the job because he's got this Guardian contract um, angle. I wonder if he, he uh, got enlisted the help of Howard Beckett's legal genius yeah <laughs> that, that does come up 
That's uh, the thing, though. Like, I look. I like Howard Beckett a lot more than some people, uh, but it's just a case of the thing. Like, like um, Richard Bergen. Like, there's this thing of like, oh, he's so fucking stupid that all the centrists come out with, and he's literally like sued for Sun and won. I want to be clear about it. He sued the Sun over heavy metal and won. That is that's the coolest so cool. Listen, legal that's... case in history, I think. Literally rocks. Yeah, uh, but... like, dudes <laughs> literally rock, I'm afraid, everyone. Yeah! Um, but but then, but then, like, uh, you know, people are possibly even more disparaging about Howard Beckett. They're like, this guy's so fucking stupid. But then, like... He's he's like the head of legal affairs for a major trade union, or or, or was at least. I'm not I'm not sure if he is under Sharon Graham, but like, you, if you're bad at the law, then you don't. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. Len, Len McCluskey's a professional. He's not going to hire somebody who doesn't have like, a degree of quote unquote legal genius. No, no trade union. I would hope is stupid enough to hire someone who's not good at the law to do their legal stuff, given how many laws they are restricted by. I, I would simply not hire someone like that, oh, which they didn't. Yeah. They, they unite plainly didn't. Um, and he talks about this ridiculous fucking moment, and uh, you know the the infamous Syria bombing vote that Jeremy Corbyn had, where he mm. he goes and he delivers this perfectly fine anti-war speech, and then you see Hillary Benn come up and do his. Uh, I would I politely describe it as in a historical speech, um, and it was a historical comparing dropping bombs on brown people in syria to the international brigades is mm, yeah mm, yeah len, len rightly not, says yeah it's fucking offensive as as len does point out yes um and he also says my political hero his father tony ben must have been turning in his grave which i um yeah and it's it's taboo to state that uh Tony, that Tony Ben would obviously think his son's politics are fucking shit. <laughs> you know, like, like Lisa, reason... Lisa Nandy's dad doesn't have any problem being like she's far, she's right wing, not far right. Doesn't say that she's right wing. And yeah, like, she claims he never said that. Now, I will point out like, that my how many lies do these people think? Yeah, they I will can point out that my Marxist parents have never called me right wing. So you know, I'm not, I'm not quite on the fail trajectory of some of these people. Um, but yeah. Um, he talks about like um, this discussion with Tom Watson where he's like look just don't vote for the bombing man and um, I'm really paraphrasing like, I'm giving Len McCluskey a cadence he doesn't have whenever I quote him um, but he um, but Tom Watson's like oh but the British security services have briefed me about it and oh it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like yeah. yeah the British security services have come up with a good reason to bomb people wow yeah, they, they just, I'm like, startled print... everyone like... <laughs> they, print, they print off like part of the script of like a 1996 Michael Bay movie movie and are like here you go here's the facts like that was their attitude to the war in iraq so yeah, yes like, you should definitely trust these people according the to the british intelligence service bashar al-assad has a space station that's going to reflect the sun's light onto onto london i don't know it feels sounds like we have to go on this everyone um i just made bashar al-assad into a bond villain <laughs> a really ineffective bond villain but there you go um wouldn't be the first yeah um and he talks about uh, this actually quite a good thing that Corbyn did uh, early on, which was um, he, I don't know how many of us were members at the time, I was a member at the time, where he sends out this email, he's like, look, we're going to consult the members, we're going to see what the uh, members say um, about bombing Syria. And 75% of the members are like, do not bomb Syria, because 75% of the members seem to be normal people. 75% of are fucking bullies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, people. yeah. Like... A vile, abusive 
scum. Bashar How dare is, they? Sorry, Bashar <laughs> al-Burns is going to block out the sun is an incredible <laughs> bit. And also True Born 44, his record is atrocious. He really does my head in when people big him up as some sort of champion of human rights, referring to um, Keir Starmer. I thought uh, I meant Mr. Burns. No, Mr. Like, Burns oh, also <laughs> famously not good on human rights. Mr. Um, Burns did not deserve his Nobel Peace Prize. Mis- Mr. Burns is denying me vitamin D, and as someone with pale skin and dark hair, I really need sunlight, so Mr. Burns is definitely my arch nemesis in that way. Um, exactly. Yeah, I have to take vitamin D supplements to live in this country, perhaps indicating I may not be well suited to the long winter nights as much as I like them. Yeah, um, it basically, 66% of PLP fall in line, but, but basically, this is the common story, this is the story we all know, they want to, they are looking for an excuse, a pretext to, to remove Jeremy Corbyn, they think that uh, by-election in Oldham is their key, uh, turns out it was not at all, Labour increased its share of the vote significantly. Um, I actually remember this article in one of the right-wing papers where they're like, oh no, Jeremy Corbyn, in this swing, Jeremy Corbyn would be backed by the Lib Dems in government. I'm like, I don't think they'll back him, but okay, man. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, you know, that, that's neither here nor there. Um, and he talks about getting Carrie Murphy into the office. Basically, John McDonnell, he goes to see John McDonnell around Christmas and John describes the, the situation in the Leader of Opposition's office as a fucking disaster, which I think concords with everything we've read about it. Fucking disaster. You can which, hear him say it. Yeah. It's like um, my, my McDonald's Your McDonald became a bit key. Much like my key, yeah. 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 I need, I it's need a bit, to sort it out. A bit too nasally. you got to pull it back from the... Anyway. I, 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 yes, it's, but it's about that kind of gruffness. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, has Big Len made an account slash joined the discourse in the chat? We will never know. <laughs> I don't no, think we will ever... He should do he it. He should. If it, I would like him to join the conversation. If he wants to come on mic, I would love to interview <laughs> him. Send, send Len McCluskey a Discord link. Len um, McCluskey, come on Real Politics. Serious invitation. If your people are listening, get him on there. And we, yeah. we, do, we do serious interviews as well as the nonsense I, as well. I am actually doing a serious interview at some point soon, which I can't well, with believe. Jo- I'm with Jolly and Morgan QC. <laughs> I know. What am I doing? <laughs> everyone thought I was doing a shit post about that. <laughs> like, everyone thought I was joking. And I'm like, no. That very, is happening. Um, very funny. Very is, funny. It is incredible. Um, Len will pro- show up properly to disrupt the Jolene stream, <laughs> I hope so. Wow. But yeah, basically, he's talking about, like, let's get Carrie Murphy in just to get in, get her in. And they're like, they wanted her to be the chief of staff, but obviously they had to kind of... You, you can't really just, like... Jeremy doesn't want to sack someone. He wants them to leave. <laughs> And He's Jeremy like, doesn't like the phrase chief of staff because he thinks it's too militaristic. Which, probably, probably because he, he knows that Len got it from the West Wing and he's like, yeah, but, that's but, it. But, but, but Len, the West Wing is shit. <laughs> oh man, we are, we, are throwing, we are like throwing shade today on the West Wing. I have never watched the West Wing. I might have to watch it. You know what? I'll watch it and then I'll do a stream about how much I disliked it or liked it. Or maybe I will turn out to have Sorkin brain. Um... <laughs> Let's hope not. But yeah, they get Carrie Murphy in, and as concords with all of our other, um, all of the other accounts we've read of this, she sorts out the office. She comes in, she sorts everything out, eventually becomes the head of, of the chief of staff, um, which is, by all measures, apparently a, an objective good. 
because everything seems to start working in the office. There was a description of the office that I found interesting. Well, just kind of um, just kind of funny as a workplace environment, which was people rolling in at like 11.30, having worked late at the pub. And I'm like, I do feel that, but also you probably shouldn't be doing that so much. I probably wouldn't have been, <laughs> wouldn't have been best pleased where I have the chief of staff. Um, Look, it happens. Sometimes these things happen. And also, to be fair, this is not a, this is not a stress-free job. This is not being in Jeremy Corbyn's office. I cannot imagine was the easiest job that had ever fallen in these people's laps in various ways. Um, mm. But yeah, um, <sighs> then there's this. We move on to this EU referendum stuff. Where his justification for it is more or less the same justification. Well, one of the justifications I used to sort of campaign for Remain, which is, are you really going to let the fucking Tories take us out of it? Like, do you think yeah, that in any way ends in a sensible way? Um, he explains that he'd been on a similar journey to many on the left, and that mm. he'd been a Benite who was opposed to Europe. He was opposed to joining the common market in 75, but subsequently uh, he was, like much of the Labour movement amidst the despair of Thatcherism, seduced by Jacques Delors' Social Europe speech to the Trade Union Congress uh, in 88, was it? I think uh, it was 88. Either way, uh, Delors uh, conned a load of desperate people into thinking the EU was good. <laughs> um... <laughs> Thinking the EU could be changed, um, mm. which, is why I, which is why I find the concept of Remain and Reform kind of funny. Because God, because I, I did like the Remain yeah. and Reform plan essentially involved winning 28 elections in a row. Um, that yeah, is, yeah, that is yeah. a powerful bet to be making. Let me just tell uh, you all. Yeah, I mean, um, I supported it. I, f I, I did think it was a better line than the uncritical support. For oh, the definitely. Like, in the referendum. But once once people are banging on about Remain and Reform, like, after the vote, and I was just like, hey, fucking serious, man. Like, I haven't asked it in a while, actually. I want to, I want to, I just want to know, everyone, how's Remain and Reform going? Yeah, yeah, how is yeah, that, yeah. How is that going? Um, <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. I wanted to do it tonight, I guess. <laughs> the, the, the time Len McCluskey yeah. re like, quote tweets us. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it tonight then. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we did. I think we did get a little boost in viewers. When we did, um, which I'm not surprised by. Uh, yeah, he describes this ridiculous episode with the seven, seven and a half out of ten moment, which is like, oh, yeah. it was not the most then. sensible, like, that would, you know, I don't know. That was the moment where I was like, maybe I, maybe I'm a bit more okay with this than I thought I was. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, but that mentioning that is 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 a sign that somebody is not serious. You know, mm. like if somebody mentions uh, that that he gave uh, seven out of ten to the EU, or if somebody mentions that he like they say, oh, he laid a reef for terrorists. You just know this person is fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Slash. Uh, willfully uh, indifferent to the oh, truth. I missed the uh, screenshot. Someone had just informed me that we had 69 viewers. I was going to go screenshot it and it dropped. <laughs> Damn uh, it. Of, of Damn. course. Before. I like usually manage to catch it. <laughs> somebody very, very angry at Corbyn about Reefgate. Yeah. Uh, um, he actually talks about this episode, which I find interesting. When Alan Johnson called me um, Alan Johnson, of course, was the person in charge of Labour's Remain campaign. Memory hold these days, I find. But he was the, and in my opinion, the buck stopped with him and no one else. But he calls Len McCluskey and he's like, look, let's just cut this chase. How much money do you need? 
it's like the maximum legal amount of money which i yeah, find yeah. A, which i find to be a very amusing like interaction to have with someone which is um <laughs> let's yeah. have the maximum legal amount of money please and, and it's let, like len, yeah sure like, yeah len gives him all the money he needs and and you know elsewhere in this book he's critical of alan johnson and that he says you know he explains his view of of class which is basically like uh somebody not from a working class background like uh his political hero tony ben has a pro working class politics alan johnson although his upbringing could not be more working class he's departed so far from um you know uh, uh you know actual uh political identification with the working class but len no longer sees his his politics as such but he's actually very forgiving of alan johnson in the brexit chapter i think he said he says something like johnson uh was you know barely visible on the campaign no he was like johnson came in for almost no criticism for his mm. role in the campaign rightly so or something i'm like no, I think he should have got some criticism. Probably should have you know? got a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the guy did a really fucking bad job. Personally. Yeah, we talk about the the next chapter is the famous chicken coup. Um, we mostly know the story quite well here. Um, yeah. He, he describes Angela Eagle bringing herself to tears over her own resignation on air, which he describes as a pitiful display. I agree um and every time right okay with each one that went part of me thought fuck them good job they're gone they've gone yeah. replace them immediately um which like yeah fair enough i'm i'm into that let's go um uh, i Ma agree max shanley in the chat um yes hey. great to see max yeah. I, agree. I, I take I one take... tony ben into parliament over 400 alan johnson's any day of the week hard agree here 100 percent, 100 percent, man yeah a very very strong agree from me um yeah, sinan can you hold the fort a second while i go to the loo yeah no worries i'll, I'll okay, make a bit of progress in this chapter for people I'll, I'll literally just be a couple of minutes but don't 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 do anything too good because i want to rip on these melts I all hate. right okay since it's a chicken coup i'll wait and just sort of hold the fort um anyway everyone how are we enjoying the review so far um <laughs> take one kim philby over a million of them oh my god you can't don't get me in trouble. DM'd me the nice screenshot. Uh, you'll leave your contributions for Jack's return. That's fine. We'll, we'll, um, we'll wait for Jack to get back before we continue. Uh, Naismith, have I had windmills on my stream yet? No, the windmill stream, as uh, I guess we're going to call it now, that is the 5th of December. Um, I don't think you'll miss it, to be honest. 5th of December from 7.30. I still actually have to sort out the technicals of that. So, uh, wish me luck explaining... Uh, Skype and um <laughs> and like Twitch to um Joe Warren. You see, what a strange series of things to have happen to me, man. I don't know. I've accidentally created this this nightmare for myself. Is Skype is still going? Yeah. Uh, Silent Uprising. Join the end of an SK review again. Yeah. Well, um, reminding me how much I hate the cesspit is Labour Party. Yeah, um, we're going to have to start powering through bits of this. The windmill stream will be great. Uh, the only thing about the windmill stream I'm, like, a little bit anxious about is I better not get, like, some stupid amount of media coverage says anything daft on it. Like, I really just don't want... I don't want my Twitch stream to be in the fucking Daily Mail or something like that, which is a really... I realise is like, a really stupid way to go about it, given what I've done now. Um... I think it'll be good. I've got a lot of questions. You're going to see my, like, notes 
<laughs> like this thick for it. All the best people end up in the Daily Mail. So I hear. Um, it's going to be hard to explain at work. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to explain at work. Like, yeah, so I'm in the Daily Mail, but don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> can't wait for the Broken Bottle Boys stream. Yeah, mixed stream featuring it will be very funny. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nightmare, the chat. That's why I need all the good people to turn out that night so we can, uh, first of all, moderate it properly. And Jack's back. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Yeah, um, people were asking me about when the uh, windmill stream is, and I was like, yeah, um, <laughs> describing how I'm going to end up in the Daily Mail and have to talk to my my HR department about it. Um, <laughs> just, look, just imagine I'm Jolly and Morgan QC. Uh, I... Uh, I, I, I've never fucked a windmill, but I do um, port trans rights, and uh, yeah. legally neither is he. Yeah, yeah nice view <laughs> account again. Thank you, everyone. Um, so, you were talking about, uh, basically, the uh, this is the, the pretext of the leadership election was the EU referendum. Uh, Margaret Hodge laid, led the charge on that day. Margaret Hodge, who still hasn't gotten over being owned by um being owned by jeremy corbyn in a debate literally this is debate brain writ large still, still hasn't gotten over being a massive fucking scumbag yeah um, tiring after like 80 years but, yeah um blaming corbyn for the result when her own constituency voted overwhelmingly for leave her constituency's in london which is impressive london i mean london i mean a london leave constituency i mean that's an impress that's a that's like a unicorn everyone i can't yeah, explain yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're not from the uk i can't explain how rare this is in a fair way, way to advertise to the country you're a fucking shit politician just like yeah, yeah. i lost my London yeah. seat in the referendum and so we talk about uh len talks about um diane what diane abbott calls the effort to break him as a man which is correctly described describes them as what despicable spineless people they were a uh, hard agree um <laughs> And also we hear about Carrie Murphy, again, basically, like, thwarting individual people from resigning. <laughs> like, telling He's, this, like... Len, Len uses uh, the word despicable quite a few times in this book, like, mm. reclaiming it from Ed Miliband when yeah. he's doing that, that interview, Despicable. Like, he he, call, he talks about the despicable Duggar, <laughs> as well as uh, calling the PLP that in general or whatever. When, or yeah. Their, uh, um... Attacks on Corbyn. He, he he speculates a little bit about uh, why Tom Watson became what he is today, really. Um, his best guess was that um, Tom got spooked by Jeremy Corbyn being a radical and just retreated to his old networks. His, you know, work, yeah. yeah. And, um, and he had strong relationships with uh, noted dickhead Ian McNichol and his cronies. Yeah. Also noted oh, what, what... What's um, good is when when uh, McCluskey says like, "Oh, Tom Watson had told me Michael Duggar was always a great uh, campaigner. Was a great campaigner." Yeah. yeah, he just throws Tom Watson's stupid opinions back at him. But um, but yeah, that's when he says, "But you wouldn't know it because Duggar ran the worst campaign in Labour history." So yeah, does everyone want to hear the passage that essentially triggered the um, leadership election? Because it is, it is. Um... 
it is directly cited in the sort of text exchange between him and Tom Watson that after this was published, he could not prevent a leadership challenge. That's such classic, like Blairite crocodile tears. Yeah, tears. I'm, I know. I know Watson would uh, would, would would say, "I'm not a Blairite," but he became I'm, their leader. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the passage from Jeremy Corbyn, then we'll read the text from Tom Watson. I just as Jeremy Corbyn in the Guardian, I think. I have made clear that I have made clear I am ready to reach out to Labour MPs who oppose my leadership and work with the whole party to provide the alternative the country needs. This that's is what, chilling stuff this already. Is chilling, I, yeah. just, I just want to say this is hate speech. <laughs> this man should be in jail. That's why I am pleased that trade union leaders are exploring ways to bridge the gap and work together more effectively. But MPs also need to respect the democracy of our party. The views okay. of the views of Labour mem- Labour's membership. Those who want to challenge my leadership are free to do so in a democratic contest in which I will be a candidate. Oh my god. Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, And also, this is the text from Tom Watson to Len McCluskey. Hello, Len. This article by Jeremy in today's Guardian will probably end my ability to hold the PLP back today. It's not been widely read yet, but, but suspect when it does, we'll just have to expect the rest is inevitable. Which is like... There's a whole exchange here where Len is like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? This yeah, is, like Len, the, this he, is the most gentle him, fucking like... thing that anyone has ever written when challenged by such scumbags as the PLP. Like... Yeah, so what did, 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 did Watson... So was what, Watson objected to the fact that Corbyn straight up said, well, let's have a leadership contest? Yeah, I, I think that was probably the bit that like offended the sensibilities of the PLP so much because they were like, oh, you want a challenge, do you? And then they challenged him and then they got... They, they, yeah, you know, people their bluff. Yeah, yeah. Well, because McCluskey points out, like, yeah, they, they, um, you know, like, uh, oh fuck, sorry, I had a complete mind blank there. <laughs> he, I think one of the things he points out that's related to this is that basically they'd done this completely unconstitutional manoeuvre, which was the vote of no confidence. And then Jeremy Corbyn was like, I simply will not resign. And they didn't know what to do. They yeah, fully, yeah, yeah. fully like, called their bluff and they were just super confused. Yeah, he basically says, well, look, my, my position in negotiations was never that Corbyn was going to resign. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, so, that, that's so not that, on the that table. Was, that that was, was a non-starter. So it was total faux outrage for Watson to claim to be so appalled that Corbyn had stated that he would defend his position in a contest yeah. because that was always going to be what he did. Did MPs not give up so their attempt? Some of you will it. recall that a similar uh, series of things happened in the Scottish Labour with Richard Leonard, where his um, Scottish Parliament uh, parliamentary party told him to resign and he simply said no and they were super confused, but then he just resigned anyway because he's like, fuck, this is sinking ship. There ever that was, was one. The, um, yeah, that was the the donors, wasn't it? Who yeah, the that. donors, and yeah, so it so it was said. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff about the behind the scenes getting Corbyn on the ballot because you know there was a legal challenge, and the party spent members' money on trying to keep certain members off the ballot. Which I don't know. I I I think that maybe that speaks to the character of the institution as much yeah, as anything the, else. And also the character of Tom Watson. I just want to recount a little story. Like, at, in 2016, I saw somebody bring this up on Twitter not long ago, actually. In 2016, when this was happening, um, I saw that uh, Tom Watson was supporting the leadership 
in uh, sorry, not supporting the leadership, not supporting Corbyn, was supporting like the kind of party bureaucracy, Ian McNichol and that, and the right wing led NEC, um, in uh, trying to uh, in taking Labour members to court. So uh, not only. Uh, was he taking, uh, you know, the Corbyn supporters led by Unite to court uh, over the idea that, that Corbyn should be kept off the ballot, but also taking individual members, uh, fighting a legal battle against individual members who had joined the party to support Corbyn uh, and had been kept off the ballot by bureaucratic, uh, sorry, uh, prevented from voting for uh, for a candidate in the election by bureaucratic rigging this this um, mm -hmm. sign up date that was Im imposed on them and, and and I said it was a disgrace that I thought that Tom Watson was spending Labour members' money um, in you know to basically uh, prevent them from having democratic rights within the party. I thought it was the most appalling thing, and I guess I added him in because he <laughs> fucking replied. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he, was he name like, searches though. He name searches, so maybe yeah. But but I've but heard. he he added me back like, oh, don't worry, we'll get it back in cost. <laughs> As in, like, I I think basically, um, yeah. So so I I I think yeah. He was like, oh, oh yeah. Well, we'll we'll beat these members and take their money. <laughs> yeah, and um... we'll come. We'll we'll continue basically making uh, Labour members join the party and misappropriating their funds as as they would indeed do the next year in the general election. Yeah, that is mentioned, but that is also well worn. I do wonder because we only have like about ten minutes left, and the content factor has a sure. hard closing time on account of my partner needing to go to sleep. Um, shall we skip to the Keir Starmer years because the yeah. Corbyn years are well worn? We want to hear about the Keir Starmer years. I think. Mm. No one has ever said they want to hear about the Keir Starmer years, but we we do here at um, twitch.tv slash Crusader. We want to hear about the Keir Starmer years and some of the fun stuff that went on there and some of the less fun stuff that went on. But a, a lot of the stuff in the Corbyn years you will be familiar with if you watch some of the other book reviews we've done because a lot of it covers the same ground. Um mm. I'm just trying to get to the bit in the book. I'm yeah, to... I, I, I thought that I certainly um, found myself agreeing more with his account of the Labour anti-Semitism crisis than I did with that mm. trade in the Owen Jones book. Um, yeah, the Owen Jones book, I think, uh, misfired on that quite a bit, as we said, as we discussed in that review, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Then, the, then... the chapter is literally called "New Management," um, <laughs> which I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Love. Um, so he describes it. This is a description of his relationship with Keir Starmer. Initially, it's um, it's good. He has a good because he didn't see him as a right winger, and I don't think anyone did. This is not like some people were more right than others back then. Um, I'm a big I'm a big enough man to admit that I might have been some of the less correct people at the time. I'm just you know. Man enough to admit it. Um, so I don't blame anyone for getting taken in by it or anything like that. So, oh, Jenny in the chat. Uh, and also, Savile was trending on Twitter, which, um, well, I just, I'm, I'm sure that's unrelated to Keir Starmer in any way. Um, uh, yes, because Michael Fabricant has. Uh, been yeah, like, he has. And they're... Starmer. <laughs> yeah, that's going to. Uh, people are going to be very. Uh, people are going to be very surprised by some of the things people believe about Keir Starmer. Let me tell you. 
Um, maybe it's because Eddie Marson's trending because of his little <laughs> tree he's had planted in Israel, and people mm. are, are like, "Oh, isn't he doing that uh, Jimmy Savile TV show?" It's like, oh, no, God. no, no, that's Steve Coogan. Farage's fuck face just made that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one, the one time he's not cast as the pedophile. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that amazing quote in the Guardian Eddie Marson interview from his so, son was like, "Daddy, why do you have to be a pedo?" Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Len puts down the reason why Starmer wins such a commanding victory down to basically, well, two things, which is like one thing he says is like people simply took him at his word, which like, fair enough. Why wouldn't you necessarily? I could I could understand yeah. why you wouldn't have if you looked into him a bit deeper than some other people did. I didn't take him at his word. I didn't vote for him. Um, but he also mentions that like basically everyone was fucking shell shocked from 2019. And they're like, can we just fucking can we have can we have an end to this? fucking non-stop background noise of all everyone yeah. fighting each other which is like yeah it would be tiring he also describes jess phillips as uh utterly vacuous which Vacu- many of us are- sexism it's sexism to call <laughs> jess phillips vacuous i think it's a compliment to call it that, given the actual content of her <laughs> campaign i think len has been very generous to her in that regard um and he describes uh, starmer's operation as powerful and perfectly pitched which yeah i mean but he also says here that um rep- um let me just get the full sentence he had clearly been busy preparing his lavishly funded leadership run while the rest of us yeah. were fighting a general election reportedly yeah. meeting corbyn supporters turned remainitis super spreaders remainitis is his term for like the the uh, the disease of remainerism in the labor party uh, Paul Mason and yeah. Laura Parker to refine his stance. I wonder how they feel about him today. Um, Paul Mason still doubling down and tripling down. What basically yeah. accurately describes Starmer's pitch to the membership as vaguely Corbyn, but like with enough wiggle room for him to be a, you know, a bit of a weasel about it if he needed, if Corbyn he preferred to be. It is kind of Corbyn light, mm. like like Ed Miliband was doing uh, Cameronism light. <laughs> it was it was like uh, and. Oh, uh, we will strip off the hard edges. Max has offered a compelling thought, which I agree with, which is Starmer won because the Labour left did zero political education, and even certain sections of our own number failed to recognise the internal truth. But history repeats itself. Starmer equals Kinnock 2.0. He'll be lucky to be as successful as Kinnock electorally, I would suggest. Yeah, um, no, I, th- I think Max is right. And McCluskey even kind of alludes to that in his book when mm. he, uh, he, he says that people had mistaken... Uh, the Corbyn supporting Labour membership for all being socialists, mm-hmm. when in fact a lot of them just uh, related to Jeremy on a level of values. They saw somebody who represented decency, peace, equality, but they didn't necessarily. That wasn't uh, a joined up agreement with his, his Benite political philosophy. Yeah, and ba- basically he describes his early relationship as like really good with Kirstan. They would talk a lot, but what would keep happening is. <laughs> they would agree something you know like you, you know me and jack will have a conversation we'll agree something and then we will do the thing right because we've agreed to do it starman would exactly. do like the opposite when we're, of... <laughs> when we're plotting our next uh, terrorist incident that, that's right um <laughs> in minecraft of course we don't do that in real but um but we um no, we're we in the will... ira both of us <laughs> look at this irishman <laughs> no we are not in the ira this is not this is not a statement of fact um but we um but we will do the thing that we um, we will say we do because we agree to do the thing. Keir Starmer would do the opposite of it. Um, he would basically yeah. almost exactly the opposite of what he and Len would agree to. 
Exactly. Which, and he would have members of his executive telling him, come on, when are you going to realise you're being taken for a ride? <laughs> which, That's like, probably Howard Beckett <laughs> being the loudest one. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, thank you, so Turnip, for the um, being a minute since I let you inspect my wallet. Thank you for letting me do that. Um, also, you got the Google gif, which is very funny. Um, but... He talks about um, the leaked report. Uh, he says to Starmer, I don't give a fuck who leaked the report. In fact, if we ever find out who did it, they'll be getting a special medal from Unite. Yeah, the um, line. He mentions specifics in the, in the report. Um, we, we've talked about the report, Jack and myself even. Yeah, we've Sebastian. been all over it. But, but we're all familiar with the content of it, I will hope. Um, if you're not, PDF's all over the place now. Of it. Yeah. Um, no, literally, I will send it to you if you haven't read it. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> um, he talks about the basically the settlement with the um, the Panorama people, people who are on Panorama, and accurately describes that settlement against the wishes of his solicitors of the of the lawyers. Um, basically, as putting up a massive sign saying "Please take our money," which yeah, I mean, yeah. What 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 do you think is going to happen? Literal wallet inspection. It's kind of interesting that Keir Starmer, a lawyer, has not heard the term "ambulance chaser" in his entire career. But yeah, well, um, he's no Howard Beckett. You know? Well, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, and uh, he talks about suspending Jeremy Corbyn. So then about oh. an hour after the speech, Keir called me to tell me he had suspended Jeremy Corbyn from the Labour Party. He had suspended and Jeremy he's, Corbyn. And he's clear about this. Not um, David Evans. Yeah, he, 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 he is clear about this being he, right? He, you know... Um, but that's not what he told me on the phone. His exact words, and I know this to be accurate because a member of my staff was in the office with me as I listened on the loudspeaker were, he put me in an impossible position and I had no choice. Ooh, sounds pretty uh, personalised there. Now, Len does point out that uh, also someone has redeemed Keith Voice. I will do it at the very end if that's okay because we're doing a thing here. But he points out that... Um, this would constitute a violation of the EHRC's recommendations regarding political interference. He is an agent of the party. Now, I don't know if he mentions it specifically, but the General Secretary also mentioned as a position that is an agent of the party. So actually, you couldn't really have got David Evans to do it either. And still yeah. be... So either way, yeah. uh, it looks like Keir Starmer may well have fucked it. Um, but that is, I think... Oh man, there is so much to talk about in this book. I I can't recommend this book enough to be. Yeah, very good yeah, book. yeah. I, um, I think just very briefly on on the Starmer section. Yeah, firstly that thing about him uh, doing the opposite of what they had agreed in their very positive meetings. I mean, that's our Keir, isn't it? That's yeah. the guy who we that's the guy whose leadership campaign we saw. That was a very uh, positive conversation that he had with the Labour membership there that he then proceeded to do the total opposite to. Um, um, you know, uh, but, 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 but also the other major revelation in the Starmer section of the book is that um, uh, Len details how he brokered a deal with uh, Starmer's office to uh, re readmit mm -hmm. Corbyn. Uh, to the party he includes transcripts of conversations and uh, what seems like documentary evidence in sections that were redacted when um the book was uh, when this section of the book was initially reported by the media mm -hmm. um and uh yeah he he basically um yeah provides evidence that there there was a deal that that, that was reneged on which um, yeah, yeah is 
apparently in character for Keir Starmer as described in the book. Uh, but I do highly recommend this book. It is a good book. It is. It, it is. Um, it was one of the easier books to read that I've had on the stream because it is the content is not painful. I'm not looking forward to the next one. What's because the, the next what, one, the next one is the David Bedil book. I'm gonna have to review oh that. God. Yeah, you're not on for that one, Jack. Someone Good. else is on for that one. Good I, because I, um... I, I get definitely suspended from the Labour Party. <laughs> yeah, yeah but... I'm not in Labour. I can, you know. I, I will. I will be casting an eye on. I would ab absolutely end up getting falsely accused of anti-Semitism. Mm. <laughs> well, um, and since we're at the end of the review falsely. section, I will, falsely, I will do the Keir Starmer voice for you all um, that Bomatron requested. I welcome the ambulance chasers and call on them to go further. And actually, there is a quote from Keir Starmer here where he says, I would have liked to have gone further, which, is, which oh, just proves how embedded that is in his speech fashion. Can I, um, can I do a Starmer impression? Yes, you can. Uh, would you like to uh, come into my house and, um, and, and fuck my wife? <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the Israeli ambassador, uh, would you like to uh, fuck my wife? I know it's interracial, but uh, you may, uh, you are welcome to if, if you so wish. Uh, please love me. And on that note, everyone, I think we're going to be loved. We're going to raid someone. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we're going to raid someone on that note. Um, is that the VOD burned? I'm not burning this VOD. It ain't good. And, um, this is good stuff. Leave yeah. the party. No, the part the party's gotta fucking leave. That me. is a verbatim quote. Yes, um, <laughs> of the character Keith Starmer. What we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna raid Trash Future because they're live and I, they're on my list of people who are live. Apparently, seventeen people are watching live. Go say hi to Trash Future for me. Put lots of golden tonties in the chat. Uh, I put the link to uh, Real Politics Patreon in there. Uh, look out next week on my YouTube because I am releasing a video on space. Uh, so yeah. do subscribe to my YouTube and uh, check that out. Otherwise, you can catch me tomorrow from 6. What am I doing tomorrow? What am I up to? What am I even doing with my life? Oh, it's the abyss. I'm basically going to talk about all the new stuff and uh, dunk on uh, all of the various nonsenses that have happened these past two weeks, because it's a lot yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, very quickly want to say, like, it's been very fun to come on and uh, review a book that I actually enjoyed reading for once. Yeah. This is the most I've enjoyed reading about politics in a while. Uh, and, they're, they're, you know, there's two leaders in my life who I've supported, uh, especially who I've supported and who've won, to some extent it's jeremy corbyn and len mccluskey and and um you know i always have a lot of respect for this man all right and on that note everyone i'm sending you off to trash future have a good night enjoy their stream i think they're watching youtube videos so enjoy that good night everyone goodbye, goodbye.